Welcome back to another episode of More Than The Title. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer Outside The Box Digital. And you know I got my brother, my brethren, your favorite CEO's favorite CEO, Chatty. Yo, what's good, baby? We in the building, man. I'm feeling good today, man. I'm feeling really fucking good today. Well, that's you what know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, fuck feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like, you know what I mean? Like, this shit going on, but fuck it. We alive, man. So what's better than that? Everything else is gravy, baby. Message. First message within a minute. <laughs> you know, you know the you know the model. You see, I got the colors. You know what I'm saying? I got the tie going. You know, I got the colors. You know the model. If it ain't bright, it just ain't right. I'm here to lighten up your life, baby. Yeah, I'm saying I'm glad you you color coordinated. But it would have been better if you had your more than the title shirt on. That is true. All, that, all that, the people you already know, y'all. That is true. We got the what? same colors on though. <laughs> we got the hats, we got the beanies cold, we got the beanies cover your ears. Yeah. And if you're gonna be watching and tuning into a two-hour podcast, what's better than your more than the title? Mode? Yes, sir. Don't think, don't think I got mine ready. Come I got on. What ready. keeps the do say cold okay. with one ice cube for two hours? Which one? Today I'm drinking. Um, what the fuck am I drinking? Uh, hold on. He's been drinking. He's been drinking. <laughs> And I'm definitely coconut tequila. Oh, there you go. There you go. There and, you and go. A little, and a little DP, Dr. Pepper. Let's get it, man. Let's nice get enough. it. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Before sure, you know, we got a, a, an excellent episode lined up for y'all as always, man. Let's do some house house cleaner items. First, shout out to y'all, the people. Thank you all for the support, man. We're growing and glowing every week across every platform because of y'all support, man. We really appreciate y'all from YouTube, the TikTok community, Instagram, <clears throat> your uh, LinkedIn. Yo, we really appreciate y'all. And we're going to keep going and with all your support, man. So we appreciate that shit from the bottom of our heart. Right. Shout out to our distribution partners the live podcast network so if you want more content from black creators and shows like more than a title make sure you download the app and make sure you show some love and also shout out to our executive producers real black pictures shout out to my brothers so you know in 2024 we got some really really good looks for y'all and you know with that said man we're gonna make it happen we're gonna make it happen let's introduce this brother right here. so this this guy is my guy right here so right now, so let's give it to him. He's the large, this one, brother, he's the- Wait, 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 wait. We, we, we messed up, we messed up. What's up, what's up? We gotta- Let's start the show. We ain't hit up with the start the show. We gotta start the show properly. Let's start the show, let them know the show let is them ready know, to let go. Them know the show is ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, y'all, you already know, this brother is the CEO and co-founder of 4th Avenue Market, which is the largest black-owned online hand beauty retail platform in the U.S. As the CEO, this brother is fully committed to using the platform to help individuals and communities learn skills to be financially independent and transition from underemployed to gainfully employed. He also spent over a decade as a global marketing leader, turning around declining sales and delivering double-digit growth and revenue and unprecedented gains and profit for a number of Fortune 500 brands, including Jameson, Irish Whiskey, Axe, Kotex, and similar niche brands, nonprofits, and startups. In addition to being an entrepreneur, he also has expertise with professionals, you know, switching careers and those seeking to establish a marketing expertise as an award-winning distinguished instructor with General Assembly, Podium, and Fiverr. And he's also a founding member of the Rolling Stones Culture Council, which brings together creators at the forefront of culture in the music, entertainment, technology, food, and beverage industries. He's also, you know, I was going to say, we're going to keep going. And he's also the founder of the New Trade Program. Let's introduce our brother, our brethren, Salim Holder. What's going, baby? Yo, what's up, fellas? What's up? I'm excited to be back here. You know what I mean? Excited to be back. My God, your accolades Hold on, hold on. I'm going to keep it 100. You know, I'm not going to lie, man. He got so many accolades and shit. I'm I'm just like right off the bat. First of, the, first, the first accolade is the largest 
black owned Crazy. hair and beauties, you know, retailer in the US. Can That's we get good. one more horn for that, bro? Yeah, like, absolutely. come on, man. What are we talking absolutely. about? What absolutely. are we talking about? And, and we need one of these because it's about to be a lot of game, y'all. Let's go. First period. Let's go. <laughs> first period. Let's start there, bro. Yo, what, what, first of all, what made you get into to, to the creation of fourth half market, bro? You know, it was avoided the market, but what was that one idea that triggered it for you that made you want to start and be an entrepreneur? Yo, so I'll tell you straight up, I have always wanted to run my own business. Like as far back as I can remember, I was always like, I'm going to run my own business. And so from middle school, high school, whatever, like, you know, I went and I was like, yo, I'm going to run my own business. So I went, my goal was I got my MBA. And after I got my MBA, I was like, you know what I need to do is like, if I'm going to start a business one day, let me learn on somebody else's dime first. Let me make all the mistakes and do all that on somebody else's dime. Let me learn. And that was let real. me get the people, let me connect, and let me do that on somebody else's dime. So I spent 10 years working in the corporate world with the idea, the, the understanding that I was only doing this for experience mm. and that I was going to start my own thing later. And so I just, you know, one thing I'll say is, is as I was going through this journey, having that mentality, the understanding that I was doing this to get experience to start my own meant that I didn't have to worry about the politics and all the other kind of things that was going on. Cause I wasn't care. I wasn't about me getting promoted. It wasn't about making more money. Of course I wanted to get paid for what I was doing, but I knew that me getting paid for what I was doing was going to happen when I started my own. And mm. so through this journey, I had two things that I was trying to do. And the reason I left the corporate world is because number one, I wanted to be able to have an impact on my community and the communities I'm a part of those that I live in. And so I couldn't see the impact from when I was, you know, selling whiskey or toilet paper or whatever yeah. it was. Like I couldn't yeah. see how I was impacting the community in such a positive way. And then the other thing is like, yo, I saw, I was like, I was literally changing these brands. It was growing these brands by millions of dollars. Now, obviously there was a team right. of people. It yeah. wasn't yeah. just me. Right. But at the same time, I'm coming in, whether it was kids medicine, whether it was feminine care, whether it was liquor, whether it was toilet paper, you name it. I was coming in. And I was the brands were down and I leave and they were they were up and sustainably up for the next few years. So I was like, yo, you know what? I think I'm ready to start my own and jump out here. And so when I stepped out in 2018, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not this. I'm going to chart my own path. I stepped out on faith and mm. part of doing I started teaching digital marketing. But there was also this woman. She was a sales broker. I had worked with her, many different brands that I'd worked on. And she had told me even a year before I left the company, she was like, listen, I got this, this website that I just started. And, you know, she called mm. it juicydude.com. That was the name <laughs> of it. She's like, I got this website. She's like, it's got multicultural hair products, et cetera. So a year later, I asked, I said, so what are you doing with that website that you started a while back? Like, what are you doing with it? She was like, honestly, I just want to retire. I'm kind of like, you know, I, she had many other businesses, so she didn't really need this. And she was like, I just want to kind of, I'm going to sell it or get rid of it. I was like, well, pause. Like, let me take it off your hands. So yeah. I called one of my good friends. He's he's worked in, in software engineer background for like decades. So I was like, my man, with your tech background and experience and my marketing experience, we could take this platform. We could turn it into something special. Ooh. And so when we bought it from her, what we were really buying was not the site and not the branding. What we bought were the relationships with the brands, the distributors, and the business and get products at such a low cost. Mm. So we, that's how overnight we bought it. And overnight, we became the largest Black-owned online hair and beauty retail platform 
simply because we have over 7,000 products on a platform. You name it, we got on a platform, whether it's Dove, whether it's Shea Moisture, whether it's new brands that are made by the black community, we got them on the platform or we're working to get them on the platform. And that became, you know, that was the reason when we started it and we stepped out. And, you know, that was the that was the beginning of the journey. But with the the part that that, that was fire too, bro, they said you didn't buy the brand awareness of the company. What you brought was the relationships, the distribution with all the other vendors that increased the market share. That that's crazy, bro. And but and what what made you get into the marketing though? Because you know you wanted to start your own business, but what why why marketing advertising? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So in between my freshman and sophomore year, yo, my freshman year in college, I was actually a political science major. Right. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yo, and I loved it. Like I was reading and I was loving what I, but I was like, yo, how am I going to use this? In between my freshman and sophomore year, I worked this job. Some, some of you might have worked it yourselves. It was vector marketing. I sold Cutco Cutlery. Cutco Knives. Cutco Knives. Right. And yo, I was actually kind of <laughs> nice at it, yo. So, but, but the thing about it was that experience and it had me thinking. It was like, yo, if you want to go into business and run your business one day, Political science is cool, but that's not teaching you business. I'm in school, yeah. so I'm like, well, why don't I learn what I need to learn now? And so when I thought about all the business disciplines that I could think about, finance, accounting, I was like, marketing is the one closest connected to the consumer, to people, understanding mm-hmm. people, their behavior. And so that was what I liked from sales. I was like, the yeah. thing I liked in sales was like, you know, I'm meeting people, I'm right there hearing what they need and solving their problems. The thing I didn't like about sales was it was like, here's where the product, go sell it. I'm like, but they actually want something different or something better. And it wasn't me to make that decision. So I was like, who makes that decision? That was the marketing team. That was the brand managers, right? So I was like, let me switch into that lane so I could take the sales experience, but now I could be on the other side with thinking strategically about what do we sell in the first place. Mm, Fine. And that's what got me into even thinking about marketing, you know? That's crazy, bro. You know, um, I'm not gonna say nothing about college because I know Jared. <laughs> he, he, I you already, you know. not well. He already said he was a political science major, so you already know where I was going with that. But yeah, I want to backtrack real quick, Salim. Like we 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 fast track to college, like and you you said at college you always knew that you know at that level you always knew that you wanted to be uh, have your own company and be an entrepreneur. But let's take it back. Mm-hmm. Like like where did you grow up at? Did you have entrepreneurs? Uh, for parents or did you have anybody influential uh, in your upbringing that kind of put because entrepreneurship is not just an idea you wake up with you understand what I'm saying like you have yeah, to kind of see it yeah you yeah. got to see it or see somebody that's doing something that you admire and then inquire about so what was your upbringing like that kind of led to this um, mentality where you knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur yeah you know what man I, I would tell you that is a couple things like my parents were you know they worked with this they work with the state my mother worked in the new york state department of education they what they did they grew up in in queens right and wow. they decided that we were going to grow up in albany me and my brother and the sister i'm the youngest of three so we grew up in albany upstate because they was like yo we want you to grow up a little different than we grew up you know what i mean a little less activity going on on, yeah. on a daily basis if you know what i mean so they was like y'all gonna grow up up here and so the good and the good part about growing up up there is like it was a good part is like I right, maybe I'm not in the mix with all the craziness that was at least how they grew up in Queens, but the bad part is like I didn't see a lot of us right. And so as yeah. a result, the, those who I did see of us, there was just a fewer and far between of us. And so for me, I had always been in like a leadership type of mentality, man. Like as yeah. soon as they were like fifth grade, I remember they were like 
with student council, right? And I'm like, well, I'm going to run for president, right? And they're like, well, <laughs> you, you can't run for president. You got to be sixth grade to run for president. I said, well, let me run for vice president then. You know what I mean? If I could have ran for president, I'm pretty sure I would have won president that year, right? And so ever since then, I was just in this leadership mentality. But my whole thought was like, I'm not just trying to lead to lead. I saw a gap in the fact that there was a lot of things that I needed, but my community didn't necessarily recognize or offer. And so as a result, and my parents have been very much the type of parents, they're like, yo, they're, I wouldn't say militant, but they like, yo, Afrocentric, focused on our community, you know, right? And so they were like planting the seeds in my head. And so for me, I'm like, yo, at a minimum, forget entrepreneurship for a second. I want to be able to impact my community and help others in the community have access to resources and opportunities that perhaps they don't know exist or don't have access to right now. What I found through that was entrepreneurship was the path. I could be a creator of experiences versus working with somebody else and, and following with their experience. Nothing wrong with working for nobody, right? That just wasn't the path that I wanted to go on. And I knew that I could have more influence and impact on the community by creating my own. And so that was just kind of the seed that was planted a long time, you know, a long time ago. Fire, bro. Wait, wait, wait. You know, <laughs> this is this is all prayer, but I got I got to do it to you. So <laughs> I, I got listen. So, so you your parents are from Queens, but you grew up in Albany, right? I'm from upstate, when, yeah. Right. So when people ask you where you from, do you say I'm from upstate New York, or do you? Like, I say I'm from Albany. I'm from Albany. I'm an Albany. I'm upstate, dude. I'm from Queens, dog. I'm from Baisley. You me? Jared knows this. It's always a debate. We always have this debate with guys from like you know, for, not not like just regular upstate, but like you know, Buffalo, Albany, five six hours upstate, and they be like, "Yeah, I'm from New York," and I'm like, "Where well, you from?" Like Syracuse. I'm like, "Bro, you damn it!" Outside of the Bronx is, is upstate to y'all. Y'all like, oh, we don't go outside the city. That's upstate. It's only one reason to go up there. From <laughs> we, we include Yonkers and, and Wyo. You know yeah, we definitely include Wyo. Yeah, yeah, Wyo. Okay, okay. You kind of got to, right? That's close enough. Yeah, that's right, definitely that's the extension of the Bronx. That's only because you know? the locks and DMX put that on back in the day. Otherwise, y'all wasn't even messing with it. Claim them. We claim them. Shout out to School Street. I'm from Albany. Like, Albany's a state by itself. Yo, I'm from the capital. That's what I say, just in case. I'm from the capital city. You know, that's funny because you get a lot of people that have so much pride in where they're from, right? And that's why I bring this up, right? I be arguing with people that I'm like, yo, you know, where you from? They be like, I'm from Harlem. I be like, oh, you know, so they be like, oh, you from Manhattan? They be like, no, I'm from Harlem. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like an <laughs> argument. It's like, you know, Harlem is not its own borough, right? You're from Manhattan. They be like, nah, I'm from Harlem. Let's get the audio listeners. So if you're not from New York, Let's yeah. give y'all, it, it'll be yeah. two blocks is Harlem and then another block is Manhattan. <laughs> Let's keep it all the way in stack. You'll be on 116th and second. Yes. And then you go to 114th and first. Hold <laughs> 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 up. That's a fact. That's a, That's a fact. I, 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 I'm glad yeah, we got that. I was like, once you said Albany, I had to get it out. So I'm like, I'm glad you had. You know what? what you I have that question all the time. And, you know, I can't front. When I was younger, it was like a, a struggle. When I first was at college, you know, I'm like, I'm from New York, you know. And then I'm like, I'm from upstate. I go from, from upstate. But at the same time, I didn't really I didn't really like that I was from Albany. It took me a while to appreciate the fact because mm. 
Because I was like, yo, you know, the way you look at it, it's like I'd rather be from a, a sexier place like the city where there's a lot more going on. But here's what I recognize, yo, real talk. Like I recognize, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was like, yo, being from there made me who I am, right? And all that experience. Yeah. So I got to own that because I love who I am. And there's certain things that I see, certain experiences that I only see the world the way I saw it because I grew up there. If I grew up here, I wouldn't see it as the same. Message. That's yeah. real. We gotta bring it in. That second period right there. Cause that was big <laughs> right there. That was that was big. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I love him. Yeah, I love him. in like seven times. I didn't hear I definitely hit him with the A. Yo, he said, Yo, this is coming in. That's coming in. <laughs> He's the guest. You run the show. <laughs> have, my, have my finger on the, on the trigger, ready to <laughs> It, it was the slow one. It was like, yo, that's big. Nah, that's big. It was the second <laughs> one that got you. Whoa. <laughs> no, I, I respect that, though. I respect that because me and Jared talk about this shit all the time, right? You are a product of your experience. Everybody, everybody. I hate people that try to front like, oh, they only a product of the good shit that happened to them. That's bullshit. Right. You're a product of the good shit and the fucking bad shit. everything and everything. the bad shit. You know and what I mean? Everybody because you met too. That's a fact because yeah. the bad shit might help fortify you to be able to do the good shit. Hundred percent. You yeah. understand? 100%. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that you actually you know said that um, so that people could know. Man, take pride in where you're from. It, it it molds you into who you are and it gives you your life experiences for you to build on. Absolutely. Facts. Facts. Yeah. You you know I was gonna ask you too, bro. When you when you left because you was in the industry for ten years, right? I feel like there had to be a moment. What was that one moment that say, I'm out of corporate? What, what was the oh, one shit. moment that there's said, you're fucking out of here? There's a couple of those. I tell you, man. <laughs> it had to be one that was like, those, man. I'm gone. <laughs> Yo, there was, there was two different occasions, man. You know, and I, I ain't trying to call no specific companies out of it. Of course, you already know. I just say, you know, there's one particular uh, company that I work for. And, I, you know, there's a lot of personal changes that were happening in my life. My son was just born. And so as he was just born, he was born three months early, you know, and I had just started working there. He was born three months early and it was like the first maybe two days after I started working there, you know, that he, he ended up being. So it was such a whirlwind for me. And the expectation for me was like on the day that he was born three months early and like, I'm like, yeah, you know, he was born yesterday, you know, or today, you know, cool. They're like, oh, wow, that's great. So can you have this done by 8 a.m. tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, like, wow. So, like, this is me just starting the role. It'd be, you know, it, it would be different had I been there for five years or something. I still would feel some kind of way. But I'm like, damn, this is what I'm stepping into. And, of course, as you can imagine, it didn't get any better throughout that experience. Yeah. And so that made me say, yo, I don't know if this is it. And so I remember I left there and I took maybe it was like four months or so. And I took off and I was like in a bad mental space. But I was like, yo, I'm going to start my own business right now. Now's the time. And I yeah. started a little bit, but I wasn't really ready. And yeah. so I was like, ah, let me go back to work. So I went back to work. and But this time I went back to work and I had the full mentality. I was like, yo, three years from now, two to three years the most, I'm jumping out here. And so that meant yeah. that I needed a role, that I had some ability, that it wasn't crazy taking my time all the time, that I had a little bit of opportunity afterwards. And in that job, while I had the ability, whew, the um, 
the, the conflict that I had in that with, with my boss and my boss's boss absolutely sent me like, <clears throat> I'll never forget. There was one day in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yo, shall I tell this story? I'm going to tell yeah, this let's story. Let's keep it more than a title. Let me set him up, right? Let me set i'm in the, i'm in the company you know and um i'm doing i'm doing good work getting good results you know etc and i remember i had grown my beard out at the time and um mm-hmm. a president came to me now now mind you in the corporate world as a black man in the corporate world i recognize that I, I've I've always had that mental like all right well let me make sure I look right speak right do certain things not yeah. threatening. At this point in time, I had just by chance one day I was like yo, let me grow my beard. I had, I didn't even know I could grow a beard out, but it was like let me grow my beard. So I grew it. A couple of weeks later, I'm like yo, okay, I kind of you know I kind of liked it. And then maybe maybe a month or two months later, I was like all right, let me tr- stop tripping. Let me go ahead and cut this thing off because I ain't come in here like this. So I didn't expect. I didn't know how to expect. My yeah. CEO was like, yo, actually, I love it. Keep it. And matter of fact, they were like, yo, we're going to put you on some marketing material and stuff for some of the products that we got. I was like, oh, word. My president must not have liked that. So she started coming to me, started, started messing with me, talking about, um, yo, you got to cut your beard off. Because first of all, she said in a meeting, she said to me, she's like, yo, I'm going to make you cut your beard off. So I was like, ha, because I was like, you got to be joking, right? So I'm like, ha, ha. <laughs> exactly what I was like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it must be a joke. So I'm not even gonna take that on right now. I'm gonna just joke, right. ha ha, and let's keep moving, right? So yeah. we'll keep moving. Another meeting a day later, she said the same thing in another meeting a day later. And I was like, yo, like that's not happening, but I just let it go, right? I didn't even say much. Then she saw me another day later. She sees me in the hall and she's like, Yo, listen, you really need to cut your beard, it'll make you a better marketer. And I was like, Well, hold up. Like, how is any way that I look have anything to do with the how I think, right? How is how mm. I look, me having a beard, have an issue, right? It's like, yo, real talk, I didn't have a vagina and I was on the the the, the feminine care products, you know what I'm saying? So with yes. have a beard, <laughs> have a beard, and I was managing men's grooming products at the time. So I was like, if anything, this is actually fits what it is that I'm trying to sell right here, right? And yeah. so that conversation happened. Then there was another conversation where she was up. She told me, she's like, yo, as a man, you not allowed to go on the sales calls with these this feminine care product anymore. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Talk to me about it. Like, tell me why. Is Am I making people feel uncomfortable? She was like, nah. Like, every sales call I went on, we sold stuff. I was the only marketer that when I went out, we sold stuff. Every so the sales people were like, yo, let Salim come. Absolutely. We'd love him to come. Because, again, I got a sales background. So yeah. when it came down to this, I'm like, yo, this is nothing right here. So yeah. the conversations that we were having started me realizing, yo, as I go up in the corporate world, it's going to be more of this. It's going to be more people feeling a bit more threatened by me. Yeah. And they're going to be talking about the way I look. They're going to be talking. They're not talking about my results. They're not. They're just talking about the way I look, the way I talk. I talk different than some, right? I'm not the one that's like, I'm not, I don't change my voice for different meetings. This is me here. The same way if me and you was out kicking it, I'd be talking the same way as I talk to the CEO. I'm like, this is me, right? And I'm authentically myself. And I realized like being authentically myself in that environment wasn't going to serve me best. It wasn't going to help me achieve my goals. And that's when I was like, it's time to go. Message. 
that was it, yo. Being authentically yourself, and it didn't go back. To it. That's playing the game, bro. That's playing, you know, playing the game. Yesterday, right? That's that. Look at look at the coincidence in that. Crazy. I, I actually posted that as a quote yesterday. Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. Posted that yesterday. Authenticity is key. Be yourself because everybody else is taken. I posted. I didn't that. see that. I saw that. Yeah. Yes, I saw that, and I and I resonated too because that's such well, a real. Yo, that's one of the struggles that that I think we have when we go into the corporate world yeah. is that yo, and so often we like yo, I gotta be two sides. I got a code switch, right? Because yeah. to be real, like you you kind of do in some environments. I chose. Absolutely. I didn't want to do that anymore, right? And so as a result of me choosing not to do that. I knew I was going to get flacked as consequences from that. People are going to feel threatened, uncomfortable. And as a result, they're going, some people's like, yo, get him out of here. We can't work with him. Right. But I'm like, yo, all good. I got to be me and authentically me. There's no other way that I can be, you know, it's just, that's what it is. You know, that's so. a fact. See that. I, so I experienced the same thing, bro. Like, so I did coach, which I ain't gonna hold you. Cause when certain spaces, when you first come in the industry, bro, I came from the streets. I came from fucking BBQs. They offer me a salary. First time I'm getting a salary, I'm shutting the fuck up and I'm playing the game. Yo, just give me the pamphlet. You feel me? And I'm in there yeah. and we're going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But after a while, when I stopped, when I started the LinkedIn shit and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to be me. Da, 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 that's when shit took off. But in the corporate yeah. environment, it was cool. They loved me when I was there, but their action showed what they really thought. Right. When I was in there, they loved me. Right. Do the podcast, do all this, do the content. But when it's tough decisions to be made, it's I'm the first one out. Right. And I'm one of the top performers. Right. So why yeah. am I going to go back into that system? Even just based off what I've done, bro, on LinkedIn, there should be no reason why a marketer ain't like, bro, we doing 170,000 impressions just from the podcast. Yes. A month. That's a fact. Just a, yeah. a month, bro. So there's no reason why somebody shouldn't have been knocking on the door like, yo, I see what you, yo, you're the next level of sales, right? Because you're a sales, you're a marketer, you're a dual threat. We could do da da da. Like, we wasn't getting them calls. And so we called yeah. chat. And this is what happened. Now, I mean, we started our bill. We're not working with nobody. We're working with brands now, and the price just went up. That, and yo, and that's the thing, man. It's like, yo, if you can't sit at the table, make your own table. And that's a lot of good. times the tables over here is like, I don't want to sit at that table anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's like, make your own table. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I got I to gotta play devil's advocate, Salim. I, yes. I got to play devil's advocate. And I say this shit all the time. You sound like somebody that was focused from very young, right? Facts. We are, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. We are not built the same. We are not genetically bred the fucking same, Facts. right? Facts. If Shaq never played basketball, this motherfucker is still Shaq. He's still 7, 2, 3, 50. <laughs> you understand? He's a mattress. We're not yeah. genetically built. You were genetically designed to be Celine. You understand? Yeah. From birth. Yeah. So, yes, you had the inkling, like, this is what I want to do. You were focused. But the problem, and, and I'm going to keep it 100. Like, even for me, bro, I knew I was different as a kid. But the problem was a lot of the inner city youth know that we're talented, but we don't know what the fuck we want to do with life. We don't know what we want to do with life. And instead yes. of getting focused early... Yeah. And understanding, building foundations and, and in five, 10 years, you know, branching out or becoming something great. We just fucking take whatever's given us the bag. Like Jared said in the morning, I've done that. Like, let's be clear. I've yeah. done that shit. Yeah. I've yeah. done that. I've taken a job that I'm just like, I don't want to do this shit, but how much yeah. you paying me? Shit. Shit. Understand because economics is economics. And at the end of the day, 
if you want to be an independent individual and not dependent and you want to put food on the table and provide, you got to do what you got to do. So I've done that. You know what I mean? But you're fortunate that you were able to to see that in yourself early and be focused. That's unique, bro. Don't I mean, it it is. No, I do. But I will tell you, you know what? I'm glad you said that because that is exactly why. I was like, yo, I'm leaving the corporate world and I'm going to spend my time and my energy and my expertise helping others to be able to achieve more because my parents have put me in this position. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, they came out of a different... They had the foresight to say, we're not going to let you grow up like this. We're going to let you grow up here and we're going to find other opportunities. They didn't know a lot of the things, but they figured it out on the journey. So I don't take that for granted. I appreciate that. But that's also why we started the new trade program, which we can talk about later. But the new trade program, the whole objective of it was me after teaching all these people digital marketing, recognizing that, number one, there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me that were in the classes. And recognizing number two, when people leave the class, they leave the class and they say, hey, great, yeah, I've learned some stuff, but they still can't get a job because they never done it. And so what I figured I could do is bring the jobs where you do not need a college degree. You don't need a college degree to go into digital marketing. Nope. You don't need a college degree to do certain things in cybersecurity or even AI, right? And so I'm like, yo, but these opportunities don't get brought to our community, right? What Absolutely. gets brought to our community is cosmetology, plumbing, auto mechanics, right? You can look in the store you could be a delivery driver but those same people have the capability if they just had time to learn the resources and the network they could be just as if not more successful than a lot of these people that these companies are bringing in on a regular basis simply because they have a college degree so that's real that's such a big opportunity out there man for us that shit is so real, man. I'm being honest with you, man. Because me and Jerry, we from you know the, the same the same neighborhood. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? And and that shit, when when you say something like that, that shit hits all the way oh. home. Bro. I'm just being honest with you, bro. Oh. Like none of those upper echelon jobs was the possibility of even doing something like that. That shit is not brought to your local neighborhoods, and that information is not fucking disseminated, bro. It is not. You don't and see I no job fairs of Google in the Bronx. That's fact, bro. That's a fact, bro. You don't see that. You don't see it, bro. And, it, and, and, I, and I, I commend, I, hold on one second. I just want to say this. I commend a little bit, only a little bit, what the Board of Education has started to do by, by shutting down some of these big, big high schools and turning them into satellite high schools, where yeah. now they have five or six individual specialized high schools within it. I think they've started the process to like, you know, show us that we can do STEM programs and all these other yeah. things. But I think this that this shit is fucking 50, 100 years behind. We should have been at this shit, bro. Hey, man, like they, we, they, what I what I'm talking about is, is work based learning. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's, yeah. you just learn it in the classroom. Like, think about this. Right. If if you were to go to a barber. And the barber had just watched some YouTube videos and learned out of a book with somebody teaching in front of class, but never picked up clippers. How confident are you going to be that that barber is going to be able to cut your hair right? You know what I mean? And you think about how many, how often do people go into school and they learn in a book, digital marketing, have a fake case study from a fake company. And then it's like, okay, great. Here's your degree, your diploma, go get started. So when companies are like, yo, but you don't even know how to do it. And I'm like, you don't need to be there for four years and spend $50,000 a year for me to teach you how to do it, give you the hands-on experience. Like, I'm letting them run real, like, like this this gentleman was just in my program. He just finished the program. He did the the, uh, program to learn how to run Facebook and Instagram ads. Yo, my man never ran ads before. He finished, he he, he ran his first ads in the program. 
you know, the click-through rate was like probably 50% lower than the industry average, right? And so yeah. I talked about how you can learn reading metrics, what the metrics mean, what do they mean, how to adjust it. So he went back, he adapted, he looked at the metrics, adjusted it. Came back, yo, ran the ad again. Yo, it was a 300% increase in the click-through rate. Damn, click-through rate was 75. 5%. It's 75% above the industry average. So now think about him going on a job interview now. That's six weeks ago. He couldn't say this. Now he's going on a job interview saying, not only did I learn how to do it, let me talk about my campaign. I ran a campaign. It didn't work. I know how to read the metrics. I know how to see how to make it work. And I made it work now. And now it outperforms the industry. Crazy. That's the type of conversations that that you bring that on an interview. That changes the game. And so, it, and it, it, it don't take it don't take years to do that. No, nah, bro. But it, it, it's the shift in mindset. Like what, what baffles me about our community, bro. Social media is something that we use every fucking day, but know nothing about. Yes. Which, yes. which fucking kills me, right? We use it every single day. We'll scroll, we'll post. Motherfuckers know the analytics, but we yeah. won't go and dive deeper into it. So how do we monetize on this, right? And it takes the mindset adjustment, bro. Like the programs like you're talking about. Yes. We'll see the we'll see the avenues of success, but we still won't use it in social media, bro. Like That's I just it. don't get That's it, bro. It. That use your phone and get out the hood, man. Use but, your phone to connect. It's a reason for that, Jerry. It's it's yes. how things are presented to you. You got to understand facts, that. Facts. facts. Social media is not fucking in any way, shape, form, or, or, or fashion presented as a monetary change your lifestyle, generational exactly. wealth building platform. Absolutely, you know what the fuck is built. Yeah. It, it's presented as it's presented as entertainment. That's it, and that's why that's why people like I just want to be I just want influence. I, that's it. <laughs> like, I just want to be a fucking clown. I want to be a clown. I want to just go viral and you know things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The only thing that has started to bring the reality that this can be fucking life-changing all the influencers all the people that's making millions from this shit now I saying so guess what i don't have a real job i made three million from youtube last year and i don't have a that's my job you know i made right. from TikTok. right you know what i mean when this fucking guy what's his name um the kai yeah. sanat be like yo yeah. i'm gonna fucking give away ps5s and shut yeah. down this kid shut down 14th street yes are you fucking Friends. kidding me you Pretty got some ass. politicians that can't give. You got politicians and get to the poll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that change laws about your fucking life that can't give <laughs> thousand motherfuckers out. <laughs> I'm giving away fucking yeah. PS5s and shut down 14th yeah. Street. Shut that shit yeah. down. But yeah. but that's the real shit. But you that for the people listening, you two choices. You could be the entertainer or be the one being entertained. That's a fact. It's the consumer versus you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Versus that, you know and, what I'm saying? And on, and I will say there's another even part in that too, because yeah. the what I talk to people about is the fact that yo, know, there's these there's there's businesses that obviously want to use social media to enter, they want to use social media to be able to advance their business cause. So you can still be behind the scenes, you don't gotta be an influencer, you don't gotta be out there entertaining people, you could just use your skills in connecting with people through social media understand the strategic use of it and get paid sixty-seven thousand dollars a year managing communities for another brand that's right? it and, and 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 i'm saying that's like you could do that out of high school in fact you're probably better positioned out of high school because you use social media all day every day like and that's the thing where i it's it's been baffling to me to think about companies who aren't tapping into talent from these communities simply because they don't have a connection there 
you know, simply because they, it's not in their network. It's not in their pipeline or even in their mentality to go and reach out to people in these different communities. Message. Real. That's the real. Hey, he said streamers are the new rappers, bro. That's the real. That's the real. Facts. Facts. That's it. And it's not going nowhere. Yeah. It's not going nowhere anytime soon. It's only going to get, you know, the platform ain't changed, bro, but we're gonna, we're too conditioned and programmed now. And there's a pie uh, out yeah. there. There's a yeah. big ass pie, bro, for us to eat. But yeah, we just don't back, know. But it goes back to your experience, Jared. It goes back to Salim's experience. It goes back to my little brother's experience. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact that they, if you, let me, let's be clear. If you think these fucking companies don't know where the talent is, you are, you want some shit stronger than the biggest drug I've ever seen in life. They know where the fuck the talent is. They know where to get it, how to get it. But they're not concerned about talent. They're concerned about the way you fucking look. They're concerned about if they can control you and if you're going to conform to their way of doing things. Are you going to be the good little nigga? Mm -hmm. Let's just mm -hmm. fucking say it. Are you going to be the, the, the good little nigga? And that's all they're concerned about. You understand? That's the real rap. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Aaron went through it. You went through it. Let me tell you something. My little brother played basketball. He's been playing basketball his whole life. You understand? He's ready to go across seas and all that. He went to go to a Catholic high school. Full fucking scholarship. Full scholarship. You know what the fuck they said to him? He had braids. You want to come here? You got to cut your fucking... Right. Cut your braids. Oh, you keep, what the fuck does my hair have anything to do with my fucking talent? Answer, right. absolutely fucking nothing. But if you're not going to yep. conform, we don't want you. The biggest example of that is America's, is, is America's pastime, baseball, and one of America's favorite teams, the fucking Yankees. They are yeah. the biggest mm. fucking platform of, of, of be the good... <laughs> Dude, you can't come on the Yankees with all that hair tattoos. They make you cut your hair, shave your fucking... You ever see the Yankees, Lana? Yeah. No beards, no... Because they're not yeah. playing that. You want to play for the Yankees? You want to do this? You're going to conform or you can't be here. I'm telling you what it is, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what I, it I, th is. I think that'd be... I think it could be swayed depending on the revenue that you generate. I'm, it's not. The guy from the the guy from the Diamondbacks came. I forgot his name. The, the all-star pitcher with the, with the fucking... We call that the... the um, do we call that? Do we call that hairstyle? The, the mullet? Mullet. The mullet. The nah, guys yeah. in Arizona came. They made him cut his shit down and shave his mustache and all that. He came to New York, didn't even perform. They shipped his ass out. <laughs> look at the, look at the Yankees. I, I, any listener, I challenge you, look at the Yankees roster any year. Look at the, the pictures. Look at how everybody's presented. The Yankees know that they have corporate sponsorships. It's almost guaranteed you're going to get a corporate sponsorship. You play for the Yankees. It's almost guaranteed you're going to get a, a deal of some sort from a, a sponsor. But if you want that deal, you got to conform. Clean face, no, no showing visible tattoos. If you're not conforming to the program, we don't want you. They are willing to sacrifice talent for mm -hmm. the image. But you know what? That's their brand. That's Flat their out. Brand. That's their brand. And so what they are good at is maintaining their brand. And they, they and that's what, as you make a brand, you got to sacrifice. It's like certain things I'm okay with, certain things I'm not okay with. And they got to be willing to deal with whatever comes with it. But clearly for them, they are, they're pretty successful with what they're doing, you know? So they're going to keep going that path. But it's those other companies who, as they see their business declining, then they start saying, oh, man, maybe we need to start doing things. But I would also challenge yeah. you to say that there's a lot of people in the companies who may or may not. I would say that they probably haven't thought as much as deeply about it. They just mm -hmm. go with the way things have been done. So as an example, they're like, well, we only hire people who have college degrees, right? And you got this amazing person that's right here who got 
boom, all this background experience, they've done this, that, and the third, and that, but like, but you don't have a degree, so we're not going to give you a job interview, right? And that's just the conditioning. Like, I'm not even saying it might yeah. not even be black. Like, this is just a person who just degree and no degree because I'm so conditioned that you have to have a degree. I can't interview this other person. Right. If they were focusing on results, they would say degree or no degree. This person can get results better who can than execute the person. job. Yeah. And who can execute? But that's that's the thing when people get in Never these positions. That. And that's the other problem I had was that in the corporate world, I found myself starting to think more about the promotions and the politics and stuff. That's how I knew I was done. I was like, yo, this is nothing left for me here because the thing that I really wanted to do was get results. And that conflicts with people who were just trying to get promoted. Because sometimes getting results means you got to make sacrifices to do things different and take risks. And taking yeah. risks means it might not work. And if it don't work, I'm not trying to take the heat because it didn't work and I need to get promoted. So for me, I'm like, yo, if it don't work, cool, we're going to try something different. But at least we tried it and trying, we're trying to figure it out. And again, for me, I was like, yo, this is knowledge for me later. Forget like if this don't work now, at least I tried it and know later when I run my own, like, yo, that's not the path to go. That's real. That mentality is different, bro. It's just not the same for everybody, you know. You know, I, I got a good segue question from that. What was the biggest lesson you learned from corporate that translated to the business, to fourth mm. act? You know what I say. One thing I, I, I say that um, there's two things. One is I was like, yo, I think the the great thing about the corporate world is the processes that they have in place. Yeah. Right, the processes and things, and yeah. and that used to frustrate me at times because my like, oh man, but it's like you got. 10,000 employees, you need a process. Everybody can't do it the way they feel like doing it, right? right. Well, otherwise, we're not going to get stuff done. And so starting off as an entrepreneur, uh, one of the challenges, one of the things I didn't do right away was create processes, right? I jumped out here. I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And I'm like, oh, get caught up later. Like, we need a process for this. You know what I mean? But I say the other thing that I recognized that was needed in the corporate world that I felt constraint because I couldn't do but as an entrepreneur I could do it was like when I saw an opportunity as an example I wanted to go down to a couple different HBCUs to build an ambassador team to start working on recruiting to start working on seeding my product into that community if mm -hmm. I wanted to do that in the corporate world I'd have to get it approved then I have to find an agency and then the agency has yeah. the relationships which they never do when it comes yeah. to HBCUs right yeah. and then I got to work with them and then talk to them and then the budget and then we say okay well it's August now so let's just do it next August or let's do it like six months from now right for yeah. me now as an entrepreneur I'm like yo we gotta go down here like boom today's Tuesday by Thursday I'm in the car if not Wednesday I'm in the car driving down to North Carolina or Howard or Hampton and yeah. I'm like, yo, stopping off. I'm walking on campus, meeting people, handing out stuff, talking to people, like, and building relationships. And in one day or three days, those relationships and that that connection right there help, help elevate the brand to a whole nother level. And I'm like, yo, we could do, like, I don't even have the resources that I have. We got $75 million budgets in some of these companies that I was managing. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy to have a couple thousand dollars, you know what I'm saying? To, to, <laughs> with that, yo. But I learned how to be crazy resourceful. I mean, I had always been like that. But now I think if I were to ever go back in the corporate world, I'm like, I'm wondering, what are we doing with the $70 million, bro? Like, yeah. I could do a lot with 100000 With 10000 I could do a lot. So what are we doing with the $70 million? I guarantee we wasted it. So yeah. I learned how, like, resourceful, like, just being close to your community and your customers. That's so key.
uh, message. <laughs> I can't even get message. too quick. <laughs> nah, it's real, bro. But also the processes. The process, bro. Like, you used to hate that you're cleaning up the CRM, making yeah. sure that there's your follow up, get all that. But it teaches you that, right? It teaches you, yes. it teaches you what's wrong. And, and it's just, I, I look at business different. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I look at everything we used to do. We wasted money there, 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 there. Okay, we saved money here. There's too many employees over here. Like, yo, bro, I know how much. Oh, the lunch break type, that's money. Everything. You just see that shit. It's the cash machine, bro. And it's like, yo, it makes you appreciate that. But like you said, and being able to be nimble. Like, I love the fact that me and Chad, like you said, me and Chad can get on a jet right now. We go to Thanksgiving. We can go to Podcast. We can do this and go and do what we want to do because we got to be the boots on the ground. We the face of the company. We we got to touch the people. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's just it's, it's all it's all how you are calculating your ROI. It is Facts. all how you're calculating your ROI. If what you really want to do is impact the community, then you're calculating your ROI completely different than yeah. if all right. you want to do is make a dollar and profit and stay in the green. It is completely That's different. That's it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. That's what it is, bro. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I love this shit, bro. Like, it is so refreshing to talk. Yo, when I talk to people, when we do this, fuck, every time I do this podcast and we get a fucking intellectual on this fucking show that really drops some gems, that shit makes me smile so fucking big, right? Because I'm like, yo, we are fucking dope as people. Genius. Our yeah, fucking yeah, culture yeah. is fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I believe we ain't even started to scratch the surface of what we really are capable of. Fucking they are fucking nervous, bro. They and we doing it solo. You understand? If we had community, we really oh, fucking man. formed Voltron and really crazy. did the things and created the community that we need. Crazy. Oh, so imagine yeah. like Scary. this, you know, you know, they say hindsight is, is always 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it is very important before you step out on your own to get the experience, you know, and learn from somebody yeah. else the yeah. good, the bad, everything before you step out on your own. I think it'll save you not only time but a lot of money and, and headaches down Definitely. the line. Right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. But I also me and Jared talk about this shit a hundred times, Every bro. Day. <laughs> I, I am a fucking advocate of on-the-job training. I am an advocate <laughs> of apprenticeships, I am an advocate yeah. of why the fuck am I spending $100,000 to get a college degree and then I don't even work in the fucking field that I spent this fucking money to get the degree in? Now I got all this Crazy. fucking debt. I got all this debt. I, I got to get a job doing something else. What the fuck yep. was the purpose? And yep. then side B to that, even if you get the fucking degree, you go to the job and you learned it from the books. And then when you get in the fucking job, they like, hey, we don't do hey, that way. We don't we do, do that. that. Yeah. So look, the first thing <laughs> Everything you learned in college. <laughs> Facts, though. Facts. Yo, that's exactly it, yo. And I, I'm like, honestly, man, I was like tired of like the the. I'm, I was like frustrated as I'm even like connecting with people, and I'm like, yo, we're pushing people to go to college, and it's not even. I'm not going to like. I, I went to college, and I'm proud of it, right? And I'm like, cool. Like, college is a great. There's a lot of great things about college, even outside of books, like how you learn and grow into your own person and and connections yeah. with people, all that kind of stuff, right? That's dope. But from a career perspective, yo, I didn't. I thought I knew marketing. I didn't know nothing about marketing until I went and got my MBA, flat out. Like, I thought mm-hmm. I knew marketing. That when I got my master's degree, the stuff that I did there absolutely was applicable in the workplace from day one. But mm. the, the bachelor degree, 
Yo, like I've literally, I was managing logistics at Target between after I graduated for two years, right? And I was like literally doing that for two years. And I'm like, yo, this is not where I want to stay. So great experience. But yo, like I, 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 that's again, the new trade program was really, it was all about solving those same issues. It was like, yo, how can we give people more hands-on, practical, real experience that whether you're trying to get a job or whether as an entrepreneur, you still as an entrepreneur, you want to learn a little bit, great, take your business through the program and we come up with campaigns, you run it. Like, that's the kind of experience Fire. that's necessary. You know what I mean? Fire. Fire. Message. And being, being that we did too, bro, let, let's, let's get back to 4th Avenue. Let's get come back to the trade program, bro. So let, I don't know if you want to go into specifics, but you said you, you know, the lady, she had the website. Can you walk us through what the purchase of the website looked like? What was the process? And, you know, what, what did day one look like? You know, what was the plan from once you actually acquired it? Yeah, so you know, it was it was a relatively straightforward process when I spoke to her. Um, I you know, I asked her about it, what she was doing. I called my man up and he was like, Let's let's talk. So mm -hmm. I asked her that I said, Cool, you know, we signed an NDA so I could then look at all the back end back end stuff. So yeah. before we were of course gonna buy it, I had to do my diligence, make sure, you know, is this a real site? Is it working? Do you really got these relationships? I knew she did, but you know, I, I wanted to just check it out, right? And so mm -hmm. I talked to some of the agencies of the partners that she had worked with. We went through the website, looked at analytics, saw where things were working and where they weren't working. And what I recognized pretty quickly, I was like, yo, we're gonna have to build a new site for this. That's mm -hmm. why I was like, yo, is this really, you know, we talked, me and my partner talk, is it really worth it or not? And I'm like, yo, we're not buying the site. We but look at these relationships, look at these brands. We got 7,000 products. If I was to try to call these distributors and do it myself, if they were to say yes, that was one thing. But then even if they did say yes, I'll sell you the product, I'm not getting at her rates. Yo, one thing mm. I saw in, in the industry as I'm doing my research and doing the diligence on it is I recognized pretty quickly. Like at first, I was like, yo, this will be a, just a cool little thing. I'll make some money on the side, right? But then as I looked around, I was literally looking for, this was 2018, I was looking for where are the other sites that we go to to buy products that's like a one-stop shop. And I really legitimately couldn't find another like Black-owned spot that had everything. And what I start to see is like we go to Amazon or we end up, there's, there's two things that happen. We go to like Walmart's, Target's, or CVS. Target has done a better job in having products over the last two, three years but in 2018 and prior to that, most of these retailers had the little four foot section of the shelf. That was the ethnic set. Right. Yeah. It was like four foot section. And all of those products was owned by L'Oreal, P&G, Unilever, like you name it. It yeah. was owned by the they weren't people from our community. And so what, what I saw then is like you were choosing between stores that don't have what we want in it. And then on the flip side is those stores that are in our community that aren't owned by people from our community you know where i'm going with this right Back. it's like they we it's not owned by so we walk into stores and they follow us around the store they might have the products that we want but they follow us around the store they treat us wild disrespectful so you like wait a minute when i think about it yo i looked in i was doing research at this time this was all part of my diligence i was doing research and i recognized mm. yo we as black consumers represent 85 percent of sales of ethnic multicultural hair care products but we own 7% of the stores and 0% of the distribution. Mm. So in other words, we don't own the industry. We are consumers. In fact, as, as a community, we tend to be consumers and not owners. And so that was real. Had me really thinking like, yo, 
This right. is not just a transactional, like, let's just launch this platform. I was like, yo, this represents much bigger than just bringing products to the community. This is also taking products from the community and giving back, reinvesting back into our community. Because as that money, as we go to the stores in the community, as we spend the money there, Walmart and Target, how many of those are even coming back and investing back into this? They're not. The money is leaving our community. Absolutely. And so I was like, Psh, we can create a platform that's truly about investing money and resources back into our community, making sure that manufacturers from our community are able to get in front of consumers who are looking to buy, making sure consumers can have a, a pleasurable shopping experience and buy from somebody who don't just look like them, but cares about them and their community. Right. And, and no. so that's where we started fourth Ave and I started to look at it and I, I, we named it fourth Ave market for that reason, because for me, it was like, yo, one, this, opportunity could be a lot more than just hair and beauty products but the bigger problem the bigger thing was like fourth ave market fourth ave district is another black wall street so many of us know black wall street in tulsa oklahoma yeah. but there yeah. wasn't just that there was little haiti in north carolina there was fourth ave district in birmingham alabama and there was other pockets around the country where it was black owned areas we owned it loved it made money from it and as you spent money in the store here the employees they get paid from that money and then they go over to the movie theater that's also black owned playing black movies and then movie money goes back to us and then we go to the to the the you know the, the bank and it's black owned bank and we go to this like this wasn't yeah. new this was happening and so yeah. for me i was like yo what if we focused on the 21st century model of that which is much more in a digital world we actually can do that and achieve more ownership in this industry and that really was like when I was talking to her, I was like, Psh, this Spring. isn't just about transaction money, yo. This is actually the path that I had said I wanted before where I can make money and make change at the same time. Sounds real. You got to let, let that bell. You got to let those. We done jumped a couple periods through a third, fourth, fifth economics, <laughs> branding, <laughs> business. <laughs> business. <laughs> Covered it all. Nah, yeah, bro. That's the real. name, though, how you get the name was fire, too. Not at all. And everything is fire. I love it, man. I, I, I yeah. absolutely love it, man. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, Jared, because you know these fucking conversations have to be had, bro. Yeah. They have to be had. If we are afraid to have these conversations, then the future generations will not fucking learn. See, it's a yeah. difference between understanding something and seeing something and interpreting it for what you think it is. Yeah, a big yes. fucking difference, right? It's a big difference, right? You can see something. Okay, I see this. This is what it looks like. But then when I take you behind and go, that ain't even what it is at all. This is what it is. You're like, what the fuck? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, much greater opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely, bro. Much greater opportunity. But yeah. what? 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 What was she selling it with that in mind, bro? Because how do you negotiate that? Like, was she negotiating <laughs> from a place of leverage that she understood that? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Because we sellers, bro. <laughs> Nice person, nice person, and she she recognized. I mean, here's the thing. I I, I kept it. I kept it a little bit in because I was like, the, the important thing was that these relationships that she has, they need to become my relationships, and I needed her help to make sure that that right. it works. So I gave her a little incentive Fine. to make sure that she stayed on the team to help. You know, okay. that makes sense. That, yeah. That's where I was going yes. with that. That yes. makes sense, bro. Because to your point, when we rebranded it, she was like. I mean, I like the other brand better. I don't know. Like, you know, and 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 so as I appreciated her, but it was a story to be told in Fourth mm -hmm. Ave Market. Absolutely. And and to be quite honest, that story 
the same thing that we were about then has continued that same mission. But what I started to realize and why I even adapted some of this to, be, to, to the new trade program was just because that idea of impact in the community was much bigger than selling a couple hair and beauty products. I started to realize like, yo, again, the longer play, the bigger play was actually arming our community with the economic skills so they could start their own or run their own business to take brand owners and teach them how to run their brand on an e-commerce scale. How do you grow your business there to take people who are working in social media and teach them and then they can work on it on our on it fourth abs platform and then get a job or do it for their own brand to do it etc like i saw the opportunity was much bigger that's yeah. fine that's crazy yeah. I, 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 I was one, one quick biz question bro so when you do when you're doing the, um like the website bro what if dove the png brands those are your top sellers but you want to also promote the black owned brands right there's a black owned yep. Yep. shampoo she just came to market it's really good it's sell. you know what i'm saying but at the end of the day yep. this is what's selling so how do you balance that out on your website bro yeah. Yeah. I mean, straight up, bro. Like one of the things, the first thing I recognize, yo, when we first launched the site, you know, and I'm talking about Fourth Ave and this is where, why we did it, et cetera. You yeah. know, our community is 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 a community that's, that's pretty vocal. You know, when they don't like something or got questions, they're going to say something. So I'm in the right. comments they're like, yo, this brand here, this is Cantu. That's not black owned. Shea Moisture, that's not black owned. And what I had to express is like, number one is black owned does not mean black only. Right. As a black retailer, I know Whoa. that as a black consumer. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Message. Wait, hold on. Message. I gotta hear that one more time, Salim. You can't run past that yeah, one. Listen. I need to hear that one that more. Black owned, black owned does not mean black only. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's a bar, bro. That's a, that's, that's a, we gotta a stop here. That's a bar, bro. That's a bar. That's getting clipped at, up. At the end that. of the day, I mean, you think about this, yo. At the end of the day. We go and we shop in Walmart and Target and CVS and we buy all these other products all day, right? And so, yes, you might want to shop and buy Black-only brands or buy from Black-owned, and that's great. But the other part of it is, like, yo, think about how many, I don't know, there's, there's people who are not Chinese that have Chinese restaurants, right? There's people who are not Mexican, got Mexican restaurants. They yeah. out making money. They, they, their focus is to make money, right? And so what I'm saying is, yo, we out here making money. Right. And we taking that money and it's getting reinvested oh, back into our community. So you don't want to buy Dove, don't buy it. I got this other black owned whole section of the site. That's all black oh. owned. Every black owned product is tagged. We aggressively go after new businesses to put them out, to promote them, to feature them. But I'm going to go where the sales are. Right. I'm going to go where the sales are. And I'm going to use that money to help train, educate, to bring resources to our community. And so at the end of the day, our community's benefiting, whether uh, there's buying a product that's from a black owned consumer or spending money in a black owned, uh, you know, establishment, you know, but that's, that's the focus. The key. That's the key, bro. That's the motherfucking key yeah. right there. I fucking yeah. love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad Jared that you asked that man, because we face this problem so often. Yeah. It is miss information trump calls it fake news that's the fake news mm -hmm. fake that's news bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was real he was real i appreciate it it's the fake He's news. Real on that and, um, the, the reality of the situation is if you think about it we don't own the news stations yeah. we don't own the broadcasting fucking stations we don't own none of that right 
we're just starting to really, as a culture, come into some real generational wealth, right? More and more black millionaires are being yeah. born. But guess what? We're yeah. still not there yet, right? And we still, a lot of us, because we come from nothing, as soon as we get some money, we want to live good. We want to enjoy the yeah. money. We want to just turn around and spend it and risk it all. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. 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 Motherfucker, you want me to fucking yeah. turn around? I got to give it all back now. Damn. We're going to the spa. We're going to Bahamas first. You know, yes. So the reason I say that is also what influences us the most? Think about it. Take away social media. What are the two main influences on human beings? Radio and television. Radio and television. So when all you get fed is the propaganda of buy from this store, buy from this store, because they have the yeah. advertising dollars to keep their show, their 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 um commercial number one prime time. Yeah. You yeah. understand? Yeah. Then when you see that little ass commercial at night at fucking three in the morning when the reruns is on, most people ain't gonna see it for the black companies. Yes. And they yes. do that shit on purpose. They they make it so impossible to be able to market to our people, be able to give them the information that it ends up getting lost in translation. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Good. I, I was gonna say what, what brings me, bro. What kind of black investment have you gotten? Yeah. Or has anybody reached out, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? One of these black companies that sell the shampoo is like, yo, I love what you're doing, bro. Yeah. I'm getting X amount of sales from you. I love the brand awareness we're getting from the site. How can we collab? Can we do an event? Can we, like, has anybody reached yeah. out in that, in that manner, bro? Yeah, you know, I will say that the, um, the, the, the brands that I work with, the black brands that I work with, are, they're, they're all some phenomenal people. And that they all, like, the thing I love about them is that they we're all equally yoked, man, in terms of having the same mentality. Like they was on this, yeah. this this conversation right now, they would equally be saying, yo, how do we contribute? Because that's, you know, that's how yeah. I, I, yeah. I I present myself and, and I bring myself forward and saying, yo, I'm trying to bring all of us forward. And so if there's opportunities that I have, I'll pull the brands in, even if I don't get anything from it, right? And, you know, if, if there's ways that I could work with them, then I do. But I find a lot of brands that will come forward and say, hey, listen, we, we love what you're doing. We want to sell our products on your site. Can we do this together? Or can we do this together? Or what yeah. about this? Or, or I'll reach out to brands. So I find that, you know, a lot of these brands that I've connected with, they've been really, really good, positive conversations. And um, I think, you know, it really is just, we just need more awareness, you know, to be quite honest, there's more awareness that, that the more people that know that we out here and what we're doing, the more people that we can collaborate, you know, and, and make it work. Wow. I, you know, you know, would be really dope too, bro. Like, if say, for instance, you got the black shampoo company, right? What if you did an interactive experience in person or immersive experience in person yes. where you actually bring in a new trade program and yes. girls that are braiding hair, <laughs> they're using a the product, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? We got a homie that actually yeah. has a, a full hair contest, so we got to put you in with our guy, yeah. Nestor, yeah, that's my dope. guy, Nestor. But, like, how do you, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of cool, dope things that you could be doing, bro, yes. from a social media perspective, yes. so everybody could be winning, bro. That's 100%. Ooh, I mean, yo, ooh. even point one of the things that i've i've prioritized some of the the those same black owned brands on the site um when it comes to new trade programs so when i have students I, they, they work on real brands like we work on real live brands so right. the one brand i was talking about was a black owned brand that he was like y'all we like it we're trying to drive more traffic for this brand so boom scope it out who's the target what's the message what are we showing create the ad all right we ran it didn't work let's talk about why boom run it again now it works and now that business they had to pay for that person to do the work to run the ads on a on a platform and to help boost sales of their company and a business right so they benefit from that the students benefiting from the fact that now they're getting great experience 
I'm benefiting wow. from driving on site and the communities like we all are benefiting. It's win-win situation. And right. that's how I try to create it. It's like, how do we create a win-win for all right. of us? You know, that's damn sure. Yeah. That's a home run, bro. Absolutely. I got a question for you. Have you ever thought about because this is business, this is not a personal agreement. This is business. This is paperwork and things behind it. Have you ever thought about taking it to another level? Like me and Jared already discussed this. Once we get this show to the next level um, where we are at a, a certain point, um, there's not going to be an option of our guests coming on a show without agreeing to certain things. You understand what I'm saying? Have yes, you ever thought yes. about that as like a mandatory give back? Like if you want, because you have the data. Right, you have the metrics, you have the analytics, you have the case studies, you have real yeah. life people that said, I've experienced going through all of this. I've used your product, etc. You have all the, you have all yes. the fucking power. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever thought about saying, and I'm not saying now, but I'm just saying in the future being like, yo, listen, mm -hmm. you want to sell your product on my site? I want you to sell your product on my site. But in order to do that, we require you to at least give back in these, at least pick, you know, yeah. one or two areas. Yeah. And we're going to monitor you and ensure that you're giving back. And let me tell you why I say that. In construction, right. in New York, there's programs for minorities, mm -hmm. especially not only minorities, but women minorities, like me and Jared talked about before. It's the WMBE program, right? Right. Let me tell you how motherfuckers circumvent this shit. What they do is they get a woman to just be the face of the company. Yes. Right? She files yes. the paperwork. She's a minority. She gets the grants. She They're able to bid yeah. on certain contracts that they would not be able to bid on if they applied for them themselves, right? They know mm -hmm. absolutely nothing about fucking construction. Absolutely yeah. nothing. And what they do is she's the face of the company, but they run the company from behind. They also do it with when we're building the buildings, a certain amount of the market share is supposed to go for low income if you've taken any type of yes. like public money or like yeah. annuity money, right? Okay. Or pension money. So you know what they do? Once again, they make the restrictions almost so hard for a person to, to be accepted into it. It's a time frame. So they could go, we have yeah. 400 units, only 100 people. Uh, you know, met the guidelines or whatever to the units. Now we get to put these other 300 fucking units for market value. Right, right. Held accountable. So have you ever thought about developing a program where these, these because they're benefiting from what you've built. 100%. Yeah, 100%. If we're all evenly yoked, if we're all evenly yoked and we all got the same mentality on giving back, then it shouldn't be no problem for them to say, we will guarantee we're going to give back mm -hmm. in one of these and 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 be monitored with that have you ever thought about kind of putting something you know what there? i i have i have to be quite honest i haven't thought about it exactly the way that you said it what i had right. thought about was in the way that as this has evolved from like fourth ab market strictly e-commerce to now it's more the new trade program where it's like a little bit of both you know it what i good. have thought about is like how do i make sure that the companies that i'm working yeah, with yeah. see the tremendous amount of value that we are offering with the people that we are working with. So when okay. I'm talking about students, when I'm talking about people from the community that we staff, we train, we develop, they are looking for high quality talent. They And what I say is like, yo, we don't just have, we have, we are finding the best talent in places that they don't look, they don't know to look, and they don't even know exist. And so yeah. what I'm hoping on is that I can then create that excitement, that, that value by working with a couple companies that then they want to work with us. So to your point, over time, I build that leverage up. And then I can say, if you want to work with us here, this is what, like, like almost like Facebook, right? It's like Facebook's yeah. like, yo, at first it was all free. Yo, everybody come kick it. Like whatever, yeah. 
follow, whatever you post, everybody gonna see your stuff. But then they were like, wait, wait, everybody's here now. And I got the data. So now you're gonna have to pay if you want somebody to see it. But right? you know, it was restrictions for that, not to cut you off. You know, Facebook actually started off as like a school thing only. It was like a high school account you had. To oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. when Facebook first started, it was like high school and college, right? Uh, yep. If you were in high school, you had to verify your school, and they would check that shit. I don't know how they checked it. But, they did. Right. And then the if you were in college, was... your college and all that, and then, like you said, once they got everybody, they opened it up. But they actually had the restrictions at first. But you know what happened was, why they opened it up was because they didn't want to open it up at first. They opened it up because MySpace was about to kill them. MySpace, Absolutely. if you remember, MySpace yeah. was popping because it didn't yeah. have the restrictions. So yeah. it was like, yo, MySpace, like, yo, well, you can talk to anybody in college or not on MySpace. Yeah. So Facebook had to open up because of competition. And so yeah. as a result, over time, they opened up and then they're like, all right, now more and more people here. We fought out, you know, got MySpace out of it. Now we monetize it. And that's, you know, that's the journey of business, right? Get them in, then, then we figure out how to monetize it later. But to your point yeah. you were making, I absolutely do believe that having set in, set in certain standards for brands that sell on the platform or better yet, even businesses that want to source talent from the new trade program or want to integrate into the curriculum, there's going to be certain standards that they're going to need to follow, right? In terms of how they, like even the types of projects that that people work on in the new trade program, I'm like, don't give me no throwaway project, right? Give me a project yeah. that's meaningful to the, to the company, something you really need to achieve. And then we'll work with the students so they can do some meaningful work. And so yeah, if you're not yeah. ready to take that risk, cool. You're not ready to work with us right now because we are going to teach them. I mean, here's the thing. This is why I give them the, you can help us put what we put in the curriculum. So you don't have to just leave it to us and say, I don't know what they're teaching. You know what we're teaching. And now mm -hmm. I need you to give them a real project because now it works in your favor because now you can see they work. And if they do good work, now you can say, oh, great. They did the work on my company. Now it's more likely they're going to want to work with my company later. So yeah. to your I yeah. love the question. I haven't thought through it as thoroughly as you said. That's a really great point, though. Um, but I do think over time we will be able to put some certain standards in place or at least have some ways to validate that the partners we work with are truly aligned with the values that that we've set. Yeah, I, I would even say just on a small scale right now, if you work with the new trade program, your vendor like we got to create content. Yes. We got to create content, bro. Like what yes. you're saying is amazing, bro. But you know, yes. man, if we don't see it, man, it never happened. I know. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So it's like, like, so if you got a young kid, bro, like da -da -da, you're coming into the new trade program, you're 18, 19, you're right out of high school. Yep. You got to film this. I need permission to film yes. this. I need permission yes. for you to put it because we're giving you that knowledge. Facts. Right. So just put it on Facts. social media because the idea is to get it so good and brand you so well that you do yes. get the Google reaching out to you, that yes. you do get Facebook reaching yes. out to you directly. Right. And you don't have yeah. to do that. And so you just show that program Absolutely. and then you, then you have an incubator program. Message. Fueling town. Facts. That's crazy. That's, yeah. And that's okay. dope, bro. Yeah, um, you made a very, a very good statement, Jared. And I think we all know this shit in the hood. <laughs> if we ain't see it, it ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't happen, bro. Yo, Salim, you have never met a bunch of more ignorant motherfuckers that totally <laughs> get stink into their fucking nose. Right, right. Right. Oh, okay, okay, I believe you. Yo, I, I love my people, but we are the most ignorant motherfuckers in the world. Like we, we could have all the lessons laid out for us. Motherfuckers yeah. that are successful, motherfuckers that have done it, motherfuckers we look up to. They'd be like, don't do this, yeah. don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. 
And you know what yeah. the first thing we fucking do? It ain't going to happen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Not me. Not my nose, nigga. <laughs> and, then we get, look, and then when we get caught, we got the fucking stupid face like, like, wait, what happened, right? Why ain't nobody tell me this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you got the Mike Ryan face on him, like, look, we be stuttering and shit, but, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't even have a fucking answer for you, man. He, now, that's a very powerful yeah. statement, Jack, because our community operates like that. That's and that's why I think it's just so fucking important. I keep hammering this shit home. When you get into a position... Of, of true power, right? Where you know that you have a certain amount of influence. I believe that it is your fucking duty. It is your fucking duty to use that influence to spread and help, you know, spread knowledge and spread positivity and help fucking bring up the culture. The problem is a lot of us that get to that fucking position, you, yo, I, and you know it's about to be true, right? I, I'm going to say it. I don't even care. We, we black we black when we poor, we black when we in school, we black when we kind of made it. Then when we get up top, then we want to go white. Mm. Then we want to go white. You feel me? Kanye said it in the song, right? Yeah, and then you gonna leave your ass for a white girl, right? That that's no, I'm serious because that's the shit that happens. Like you love your fucking community when you ain't got shit, and your community's helping you up. You love your community when your community's supporting you, and then when you get to a certain point where you feel like you don't really need the community no more because you're at a certain point, then it's like, what community? That's not really my community. This is my community because it's a lot of us that are in position. And I'm not talking every day, all day, but if if more people that were in position started to spread the word and actually be more proactive and pro-fucking-black and actually, like, endorse that shit, well, you would see a fucking change overnight. Absolutely. You would see a fucking change overnight. Think about how many fuck... I don't even want to... It's a stereotype, but think about how many fucking rappers, how many fucking ball players, how many millionaires we got from just rappers and, and, and sports alone. Music and sports. Millionaires. Black African-Americans. And every time they fucking buy something that's super exclusive or super fucking expensive, it ain't never for my fucking culture. It ain't never for my culture. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, fucking Jacob watches and all that shit ain't coming back to us. That shit ain't coming back to us. That's why in my heart, yo, I love Michelle Obama so fucking much, yo. What she did as a woman just for the fucking culture, I don't I don't think it's gonna be matched in a long time, man. Just you understand like, what I'm saying? Like she was image. in a position of power. Yeah, facts, bro. Just the image. The image, bro. What she did, she was a true first lady. When she got dressed, you know what she said? Give me them designers that ain't on the I don't want these shits on the show. Give me, give me up and coming designers right now. Send me some shit. Let me see if I like it. Give me these black designers. Let me see if I you understand one person. Giving light to your organization can change the whole trajectory of your organization overnight. Drastically. Easily. Drastically. Easily. And, and the thing is that I will say that there definitely are people in the community that are, you know, maybe it's a smaller portion. I don't know what the portion of percentage is, but there's definitely a conversation that's begun among those that do have more money and influence around how do we have a greater impact on our community. I also think, though, in the same way we realize there's a lot of systemic things that fall into place and a lot of media and messaging that kind of is set to divide many is still out there. And it's still and it's still something that, you know, to your point, if we don't own the media, 
where are you getting your messages from, right? Where, where are you getting your messages from? And how do we get the messages out there that maybe more of this is happening than we even know, right? Maybe because to your point, if you don't see it, it ain't happening, right? And so maybe because where we looking for it, it ain't in the media or in the media that we're looking at. But like I saw something the other day, I can't remember, it was on Instagram and, and it was a brother that was talking about, it's like, yo, we don't do this for the community. Name one rapper or somebody who's done something for the community. And then I'm starting to think about like, yo, Nipsey Hustle, like T.I. Killer Mike. I'm like, yo, yeah. actually, yo, LeBron got schools. Yeah, I'm like, actually, people. this, 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 some, it may not be as pervasive as we might think, or maybe it is. And we just don't know because it's not as told in the media. The same way as like positive rap ain't the rap that's going to get on the, on the, on the, you know, the mainstream rap, you know what I'm saying? The rap that's talking, you know, negative and bad about our community is the one that everybody else wants to buy. And those are people who are buying it that aren't from our community. So I do think that I agree with what you're saying. I do think that it might not be as pervasive. And I do think that media plays a bit of a role in that and messaging and, and how we are conditioned to think about our own community and our own brothers and sisters. Message. It's real, bro. Oh, I got, I got, I got, I got to hit you with the. Oh, let, let it stuck. Let's stuck. go. Let it go. Got to let it. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Next though. But we, it's, ah, it's a lot, man. I was a lot of want to go with that. It's a lot, bro. Oh, D D one was talking. D talking. That yeah, D one. That's it. Yeah, D one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Hayes, man. Hayes be he be doing his homework, man. Hayes, Hayes be doing his homework, man. He's definitely well connected to what's going on. You know what I mean? I just feel like... Homie, don't play that. <laughs> Hayes be on. He don't play. No, I'm saying Hayes be on. Oh, oh, oh. He be on. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like Hayes be on. No, no, no. Hayes don't no, play. Yo, he be on. Yo, Salim, I got PTSD with the, with the pause button. I see you. Shits and giggles. You see, look. As soon as I see something come up, my hands go up. Like, what did it do now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what did it? I, I was replaying. What, what, what did it just say? Was, that was out of bounds. No, 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 it was safe. It was safe. It was right. giving them love. You know, you, you, you're absolutely right, Celine. There are a lot of people that are stepping up to the plate. I'm not mad at them. You can only do so much as a as a human being, right? You can only do so much as a person. I'm not knocking them. I want to challenge our listeners. I want to challenge our community. And I'm going to say this to you because I've said this shit before, right? First of all, black owned doesn't mean discounted. That's number one. Just because the shit is black owned, that don't mean you fucking, if you buy from me, I'm going to give you a discount because it's black owned. Get that shit out of your head. But the responsibility is on the manufacturer. If I am manufacturing something, right, it is my duty to manufacture something to the best of my ability, to give you the best possible product. We had a guy on our our show, A.D. Dolphin. He has the number one African-American herbal supplement company in the United States, maybe the world, black-owned. But you know why? Because his shit is all natural. It does what the fuck he says it's going to do. It works. It does exactly what it's supposed to say it's going to do. It has exactly what 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 is listed in there. No... This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times yeah. as a community, and I'm not mad at us. I understand when you don't have shit, you try to hustle. It, the hustle is the nature to get out of it. But when you are creating something, my problem is our community always cuts fucking corners a lot of times. We want to get to the top so fucking fast. We want to skip the levels of learning and making mistakes so fast that you end up creating bullshit. 
then when nobody wanted to support the bullshit, you're like, bro, that's 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 your t-shirt. You're like, yeah, the, the shit is faded. Like when I washed it once, the, the shit. <laughs> You know what won't fade? You're fucking yeah. more than a title shirt. I had it for a year. So if you're going to get your motherfucking links, <laughs> it's in the comments. And I stand, and I stand by that because I created that. You understand you know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> you stand by our shit. But, but to Jared's point, right? I didn't put out... I created the, the More Than a Title clothing line. That's not my first clothing line. That's like my fourth clothing line. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing clothing for like 15 years. You understand what I'm saying? And I study clothing and I study my craft. This is the problem I have with the community when you want to get people to support you. Study your fucking craft. Develop what you want to put out before you put it out. Trial and error, order samples, and then put out something. It ain't got to be perfect, but it has to be decent. Because we're behind the power curve. So if you want people to fucking support what you're doing, you can't give them bullshit. Because they're already skeptical. Like, oh, here we go again. But, but let's play devil, and, and, play and devil's me, advocate. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was say devil's advocate is like, yo, bro, what if I only have the money to give you the, the faded, low-quality whack shit today? At least I'm all fucking trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that not real? I might only have $100 versus you having 5000 to fucking start up your business. So I went and got a guild and then he presses some shit. Hopefully I get 40 I spend 10 for it. I get the 30 I can get two more shirts. Yeah, but but you're not, and and I, you're absolutely right. But here's the problem with that business model: mm-hmm. we are educated now. Even if it ain't I, college, I, motherfuckers is educated now. They, the black community, spends more money in t-shirts than any other community in the world. Prove me wrong. Who buys more white tees? <laughs> Who bought? Bro, more? We we funded Gildan. We funded Gildan. You gotta cut the fucking child. I don't understand why black people don't even own Gildan. We buy more white tees than fucking any other culture. Period. So this is what I'm saying. By our consumption is so heavy, we are educating ourselves. Even if you buy something, Jared, and you don't know who makes it, if you buy multiple versions of it, you know which one is better and which one is not, correct? Facts, facts, facts. So if somebody tries to come and sell you something, the first thing you're going to do is compare it to the shit that you already dealt with, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Now, if that shit resonates, like, oh, I know what that is. That's a Gildan shirt. You just took the tag off. I know the weight of it. I know the neckline. Gildan has the big neck. It don't have the thick. You see? It's not the city lab. It's not... You're already going to know it's bullshit. You see, you, so we consume so much that we actually educate ourselves. So because we educate ourselves to a certain level, I'm saying don't straddle the fucking fence. Put out a product. Wait. If you only got $100, then wait. Sometimes wait. You can't wait. Some people can't wait. Yo, you know what, though? I'm, I'm, you know, is that, in certain cities, I'm not saying that's all. Not the, not the majority, mm-hmm. but some cases, somebody might be the back against the wall. I'm going to give that brother credit for having a back against the wall and trying that motherfucker, and I'd rather give him a shot, and he's going to figure it out. You can't say, yo, figure it out, learn the rest of the way, learn your craft. That's his way of doing it. Yeah, but not for no $60 for some fucking raggedy shit. Right, you might have to give me 15 You might have to do 15 and take the lower profit on that joint, right? You take the lower profit, but then that's part of the lesson. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you want me to buy some raggedy shit, charge me, charge me $10, $15. I'll buy it. I'll have low expectations of it. Fine. You want me to pay $60 a fucking t-shirt and the shit fade before I even wear it? I fold it up in the fucking heat presses yeah. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I got to unstick Yo, it when I put it in the bag. I feel right. like, though, I feel like a lot of times, well, not even a lot. I feel like there's um, some of the times, again, going back to like 
the resources, the knowledge that we have that exists on a regular basis in our community versus in other communities where they have people is like, oh, I actually had a clothing store over here and my uncle had this thing and he and yeah, she yeah, ran this yeah, over yeah. here and she ran a restaurant. And so here we come from, you know, community of people who barely could get by and they're like, yo, all right, I got an idea and then I'm going to try to make this work. And I think because of the fact that a lot of us may not always have, I shouldn't even say a lot, a portion of us don't have all the access to resources and knowledge. We might start out on things and maybe some mentorship might actually help. And I also Absolutely. think because of the systemic things that have been in place historically for many years, that as a community, sometimes we're a little bit more forgiving or we're willing to say, okay, I'll take, or I'll expect that you might not have the highest quality. I don't want nobody to expect when you come and shop with me or you come and work with our program, whether you buy, I don't want you to buy just because I'm black. I want you to buy because it it's great product. It's great. It will answer you and deliver on your need better than anything else that's yeah. out there. Message. That's real. After that, if I'm black, that's great. That's a nice to have. But I want to make sure that what I do as an owner from the black community, that's the other thing about as a black owner, just because you're black don't mean that everybody got to buy from you. Right. And those people who are black, sometimes they're like, yo, I'm a black owner from the community and I'm just trying to take a check and run like everybody else. I'm saying you need to actually be here and be a part of the community. So you're black owned mean I'm actually contributing back. It don't mean I got to give all my dollars back, but it means I'm doing valuable things for the community, valuable products, resources. I'm committed to training, developing other people. I work with other partners in the community like I'm focused on helping to elevate the community. Right. That's right. where being black owned actually matters to, from my perspective. Right. It, 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 that's the only way that it matters from my perspective. Is it going off? Nah, been, nah, he, 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 bars. Listen, B, listen, boy, you're dropping gems on him, man. That's the way we that's the way we need to be programmed to think, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and bro, and why we why we on the business, too, bro? I'm curious if you give us both, bro. What was the greatest moment in Fourth Ave Markets history? What was the greatest moment? Whether it was a month in sales, what contributed to that? What was one of the greatest moments? And what was the what was one of the, the toughest moments in the business? And how'd you overcome that? Oof, oof, which one? Um, where do we start? <laughs> you know um, I'm saying we'll start with saying, the greatest, give them the good, <laughs> and then give them the real. Like, um, right, right. <laughs> Yo, one of the greatest times for for me was actually. Um, there's been some times recently, but I say one of the times where I was the most like excited and smiling was actually earlier on. We first mm -hmm. launched the site and we were getting some traffic to the site, but nobody was buying anything. And mm -hmm. so I did, you know, I made some changes and boom, made this. And I made this video that I had sat on for a couple of weeks. And somebody was like, man, put this shit out, man. Just put it out and let it go. So I put it out and that video... And on top of the changes, yo, it was like, whew, now here we are. Like, here we go. Like, we got 100,000 people coming to the site now, right? And it's like, boom, they buying. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, that was an amazing time being in Forbes, being like, yo, investors coming. Like, yo, we're going to put a little money into this. That was huge for me. And I would say even with that, what was like um, probably smaller for maybe others, but for me it was a big deal, is that my parents – invested about ten thousand dollars into the company and fire, the thing is they're not bro. investing oh, wait, 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 we got to clap that shit up that's it, what's it, up. It, it was such a it was such a big deal because of the fact they're not investors like that but they've always been super supportive of me and it ain't like they got crazy amounts of cash that's sitting around 
they were just like, yo, we so believe in what you're doing and we so ready to support that we'll put this, we'll take this and put it right in here for you. You know, that was probably one of the greatest moments, you know, like forget about sales and everything. It was just like, it meant a lot. Um, Some of the tougher moments. That's real. That's real. Family first. Yeah, it was was a big deal, man. And I say one of the tougher times was... um, I say one tough time was when that pandemic hit, right? It was like when that first hit, it was at first because this was just like I said, it was like we just we had running our ads, nobody was buying. We start running ads, everybody's buying, like, oh, this is dope. They coming to the site. Pandemic hits, we can't deliver orders because the whole the whole warehouse shuts down. They can't deliver nothing. And so now you got people like, where's my stuff? What's up? Now, you know, everybody couldn't deliver, so people were a little bit more understanding. But it was like a good month and a half. And, you know, you take the momentum out like that. And it was like a hit. And I was just watching the whole thing come down. And it was just like, whoa. I mean, we were able to kind of get some things back. But that was like a time where I was just like, whoa, like this might be a wrap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it might crazy. be a wrap. But, um, wow. Yeah. So yeah. Even facing that challenge, bro, and still going. Like, it's making those adjustments on the fly. Nobody can plan for that, bro. It was like, that, that was probably the biggest business court like real-time test yes. for every entrepreneur bro yes. that motherfucking pandemic yes. I, like we wasn't I, we wasn't entrepreneur then bro i couldn't you know what i mean yeah but i don't think I that was vertical i don't think that was a test though i think you know depending on what if you were that, a small restaurant franchise with no that's what I'm saying like how do you how do you test a fucking worldwide pandemic where motherfuckers is um locked in the house and you know the the death rate behind that shit. I don't think that was a test. I just think that was. I'm gonna be honest. It's just my personal opinion. I just think if you survived that, you just you just have happened to have a little bit of luck on your side, man. There was a lot of establishments that have been established for fucking decades. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years that went under, that went uh, that had their fucking customer base, had their data, had their fucking supply chain, and went under. So I just think like that yeah. shit was. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, that. You you know, Jerry, you like the gamble? They put it all on red. <laughs> that, and, that's, and, that's, and, that, and that's their shit, yo. Saying, but I, I feel like the but that's, black. but that's the test though, right? The good yeah. entrepreneurs, the great ones adapted, right? And the really, really brilliant ones have pandemic-proof businesses, bro. Yes, it's up to you yes. to really think about that as an entrepreneur. We're going 24-7, 365. You got to think of every possible scenario. Yeah, and like you know, I mean, some I mean, dudes, yeah. the older establishment, they like we've been doing this for twenty years. We survived. That's why your ass is out of business now. That's why they out because they didn't adjust to that. No. I mean, I we was we was about to we were like a month away from going heavy into the barbers and the salons because naturally, you know, yep. hair care barber shops and the black community Absolutely. salons. Like you trying to get the stuff out, that's where to go. So Absolutely. we had programs in place. We was about to pull the trigger. We just left the Bronner Brothers. Um, program that was in February. We was there, met mad barbers, stylists, made great connections. We was like great programs. We about to launch a um a, a styling um a, a, a salon management tools. You can manage your appointments and stuff. And so we were like, let's go. Then the pandemic hit, and nobody, the barbers and stuff, they're not there anymore. So the value that they want to offer, they can't offer right now because they're not even in the shop. Nobody's going in the shop. They can't sample. They can't do anything. So we were like, yo, we had to pause on those plans and had to adjust. And we didn't know it was going to be a year later, year plus later. So we was like holding like, all right, the real revenue driver was going to be that play. What we was doing there, that was supposed to be the real mm-hmm. revenue driver. When that hit, we had to adapt and adjust. And so that's really where it was honestly a couple months, 
maybe even almost a year where we was like managing like the e-commerce platform, trying to figure out, right, we lost this whole bunch of value we was about to get that was on top of e-commerce. How are we going to get that now? And that's kind of where the whole like the new trade program kind of happened. Because to be quite honest, there was this foster care center that was buying from us in bulk. And that just started to be a big order that they were placing. So we called them. I said, yo, you know, who are you guys? Let's talk, you know, and, and we I, I learned who they were. And I was like, well, I'd love to do more business with you, but I really can't compete on just cost. So I was like, I could compete on value. I could bring more value to you all. And then what I realized is like, as I did my research and I recognized like for foster care, you got these kids aging out of foster care. And when they age out of foster care, where are they going? What are they going to do? They're not they're like only 6% had a college degree. So 94% are leaving here without a college degree and where are they going? And most of them were going right into the prison homeless pipeline. Like it was like within a matter of a year, they were homeless or they were going another direction. And so I was like, yo, but they don't have to happen like that. We could teach them skills that they could use. And that was kind of where the whole new trade program idea started off where I went there, they were buying kits of product. And I was like, I'll teach you the kids aging out. We'll teach them digital marketing. We'll let them do it on a platform. So we had seven, seven kids that we started the whole thing off. And, and it was like an amazing thing from there. But to your point, this was like us pivoting, trying to figure out, yo, this is going to work. It's not a, is it or not? I'm like, it's going to work. I've committed to it. The question is just how, so we're going to figure out how we can adapt to make it work. That was crazy, bro. Talk about an adjustment, but, but understanding you the the real gem is understanding that was my biggest customer or whatever they were. I don't know if they were your biggest customer, but they yeah. were a big yeah. customer, big enough for you to notice, right? Oh, oh shit, damn it! Oh, you not the fuck out. You knew it was coming. You don't. You do not hit the, the shit on y'all. You know you getting pause, up. Pause. 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 I said pause, nigga. <laughs> I had to press the button on myself. You're not taking that from me. You know I'm going to tell you. Do you see what he did, Philippe? He I peeped it. He got to hit himself with his own foot. Nah, yo, listen. Look, Jared, stop fucking around, Jerry. You already know. Oh, we don't play that. <laughs> you want? I'm gonna get my shit on it. You won't touch me. Nah, you're not hitting yourself with the old boy. You, you, you fuck. <laughs> the, no, we gotta add that. We gotta add this out at this moment. He know he fucked up. We gotta add, we gotta add that on the show, bro. We gotta add that. It's coming some more. Uh, more sound effects. Yeah. That was real, bro. You identified that, bro. Hollered at them, yeah. called them, reached out. You as a CEO, you could have been like, yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna reach you, yo. Somebody else, yo, somebody, whoever, you know what I mean? Your VP, got yeah. a sales rep. Somebody, I'm calling them directly. Let yeah, them know right. I appreciate you know, them. I'm business. going to meet in person. Yeah. Because as a salesperson, you know what the little gem is? If they're have, ordering all this stuff, I'm pretty sure there's other problems that I'll be able to solve. So what are their real problems Absolutely. and how can I get on the phone with them? And that's the real gem Absolutely. for the sales folks. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Went to the customer yeah. and said, what other things can I help you with? And yeah. started a whole other thing that also aligns yeah. with the mission of what he had in the business. That's a that's fact. It. That's an absolute fact. I got, I got a question for you, Celine. I got a question for you. So you said your you, your child was born um, before you started to become an entrepreneur. So your child is growing up now, right? So now we do this to create generational wealth, right? We're big on family. Yes. We're big yep. on family. But but yep. 
you know, the nature of business, air quote, the nature of business is build it, scale it, sell it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right, so right, now, right, 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 right. So now, so now um, that you're a CEO and, you know, this is your baby, this is your company now. Mm -hmm. When you get to a certain level, are you looking for your child or your children to take over and continue the legacy, even though you've already built generational wealth? Or are you looking mm -hmm. to kind of like um, let them do their own thing and maybe not follow behind your footsteps? Because that's important. Also, you know, <clears throat> Yeah, it is. You know what? Yeah. I, I, I'll take the same lesson that my parents gave me is like my parents right. gave me the tool, the tools and the confidence to live the life that I wanted to live. Okay. And so I want to do the same for my kids. If they want to go down this path, they're going to have it there. They're going to be plugged in. My son started his own sneaker cleaning business called Izzy Fresh. He's like, yo, I want to start a business. I'm like, yo, he's he's like, and my 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 daughters, you know, my daughter, she's just turned five, you know, two days ago. And so she's even now it just it's just the, the conversation, the mindset, the yeah. conversation didn't happen for me when I was that young to talk about the specifics of running a business or seeing somebody running their own business, they right. see that on a daily basis. So I'm excited they're exposed to it. I'm excited that for them, that they can see that there's other opportunities for them. They don't have to work for somebody if they don't want to. But I'm also like, yo, what exactly do you want your life to look like? And what do you want your life to be? But I will give them every resource, every tool possible to make it available to them. Yeah. Because, you know, grooming happens, right? It happens, right? Mm -hmm. There are children that are groomed from birth to take over the legacy, like from yes. birth. Yes, yes. Whatever the legacy is, medical, whatever, they groom them from birth. They go to certain schools yeah. and this. And they they yeah. teach them, you are going to take over this business and this right. name, you're gonna, you know, this family name is going to live on for God knows how long. So that's why I asked you yeah. that question, because that sure. is a very intricate question to ask somebody that is creating generational wealth technically for the first time. Yeah, definitely. 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 Yeah. And, right? and to that point, then there's a lot of things that yeah. I might not even be foreseeing, right? Because yeah. I'm at the, the front edge of this. I don't have an uncle or a grandfather exactly. that could, oh, look exactly. it, we built it like this, save it this way, put it in the right. state, do this yeah. here. So right. I'm learning and navigating this journey myself. And that's kind of what I was saying is like, for my parents, we were excited because they were the first in their family to go to college, right? And so they went to HBCUs, brought us, we went to HBCUs. And then for me, I was the first. And, you know, I mean, my family is, is some really successful cousins, but I have a lot of people who worked in corporate world, right? It was like corporate world yeah. was new. I didn't, I didn't even know how to get there. I didn't know those jobs even existed. So I literally had to network, meet people, find my way to get there. But now I could tell my son and my niece and my nephews, and my younger cousins, I could say, let me plug you in so you don't have to take the same learning path that I took, right? So that's kind of how I see it is like, I'm taking my learning and helping make their path and their journey a little bit easier. And anybody who shows an inkling of desire to go into business, I'm like pulling them on, like, yo, let's go. Like, I'll take you. I'm not going to force you, but I'll open it. There it is. Major now, key. Major key. Major key. Major Fire. Fire, bro. That it's just the fact that I, I love the fact that my kids see it. My oldest is yes. a different experience, bro. My oldest is 15, bro. So he saw everything. Mm. He he yes. remembered me. He remembered me with the Starbucks hat and BBQ smelling like ribs. He remembered being in yeah. mama house. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He now yep. he sees that he wasn't really smelling like ribs because when we went in there, we ordered sticky wings a lot. Nah, nah, I was just, he wasn't my he wasn't my only customer. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. 
you know, you know, it's like bittersweet. We love the fact that he's he's an entrepreneur now, but we love when the nigga worked the BBC. Like, the way you know, right? Right? <laughs> they're like, they like where you sitting? Uh, oh, is Sarah Jarrett here? Oh, he's oh, back yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was out of control. I was up there on Bron in the Bronx train, the Fordham Road. I was thinking out of control, bro. They used to call me numbers and dubs. I was sitting there, I was swiping joints. I'm getting $20 tips. Chick sitting there throwing it up on me. I'm like, yo, bro. That's a fact. Nigga, I hit the young boys. You got you, you 18, 19. You, you got an 18, 19 year old. They come through trying to, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I remember I was 18, 19. Yo, you know what I mean? Don't make me look stupid. I'm having you a good time. Right. Yo, we used to go see him. Sit in the booth and shit. He used to just bring us plates yeah. and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's yo, so I ain't gonna hold you. I love the fact that he a businessman, but I ain't gonna discount yeah. the value that he has. We, we, we need a plug. First of all, I'm not even saying their name no more until they pay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Plug, right? In our community, we love the plug. Jarrett was yo, the plug. Respect the plug. Yes. Listen, yes. ain't nothing more than we love as African Americans than to eat some good food and drink some good drink, motherfucker. What the fuck Come you on, talking about? Yeah. What the fuck it, you bro. talking about? That's eat some good food and drink some good drink. Shit. That was the shit, bro. But that from there, imagine yeah. seeing that. So he's seeing all that to to me yeah. getting you know getting booked France trips. You know, I'm sitting there running yes. a company. I'm doing this. My youngest, yes. bro, but he don't he don't remember the star, but he don't see it. What he sees is like, damn, daddy used to go to work and now. Daddy gets to stay well, home. He was born Daddy. after. He was born yeah, after. Yeah, no, exactly. So now his his experience is different. It's like, oh shit! Like you was just waking yeah. up in the morning, taking me to school, going on a train, and now you're staying here. Yeah. Dad, why do you have the computer open all day? Dad, yes, are, are you, yes. oh, you, 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 you open up late. He might I might put him to sleep. He'll see come up like one in the morning or something like that, bro. And it, yes. <laughs> don't put that. Yeah. Don't put that shit. <laughs> don't put the damn brand name. If you're gonna go to BBQs, make sure you go with your more than a title cup. <laughs> They will fill your pina colada up. Tell them yeah, I want to say this though. We we didn't skip over it, but I always make it a point when people um say it to come back to it. Celine mm -hmm. also mentioned parents. He said it multiple yeah. times. Parents, which means the man, the father in his life was yeah. present. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I just always want to go back and always make sure that we touch on that to, to show you. The, the impact of a strong black man on his family. That's it. Uh, yo, to that point, that's yeah. why I take fatherhood so seriously for myself. Like, there's no Absolutely. question that I, I will I will be in my kids' lives, regardless of the journey I want to take entrepreneur-wise. Like, I'm very present, you know, and that's it's, it's important from the working on the math class, you know, working on math together, getting frustrated together, working through it, learning how to fight, deal with bullies, learning whatever, like, I am present. That's what my dad did for me. It's my brother did for me. And I'm like, yo, that's it's important that we do that in our community, period. Absolutely, bro. Message. Don't play those games with the kids, man. This is what play we do it for, nah. bro. Yeah. And, and, and we and we grind and run the and we bro, we did a thousand hours of content just this year, bro. Wow. More than that, a thousand hours of wow. content, bro. Like, so imagine for the people listening, bro, the sacrifice wow. that takes, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta go pick up my kids right after this shit. <laughs> do homework, do all I gotta that, go yeah, put them in bed a little bit too. Myself. Vibes, bro. I gotta, you know, <laughs> make sure they shower the babe, all that, make sure they got yeah. something to eat. Like, yeah. this is what it is, bro. And that's and, and, that, and that's only because it might be uh it might be on the Tuesday because sometimes the kids is there while we're doing this show. <laughs> yeah, right, right, they're right. Ready to jump in the camera and all that, ready to go. I'm, I'm letting you know. My son was already down here, like, yo, what's up? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know right now. Next Tuesday, I'm, man, I got some. Ooh. 
we gonna do <laughs> something? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I ain't saying no. nothing. Right, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Salim. I, I, I just want to commend you, man. Um, I just want to commend you. You, you see, and nobody's perfect, right? Fact. Nobody's perfect, but it is. It seems like you are out there fighting the good fight. You know what I mean? And I would say that if we, you know, we need more brothers like you that are trying. Ain't nobody going to be fucking perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Mm. But at least you are out there putting one foot in front of the other and moving in a certain direction. And you are trying to better the culture. You are trying to educate the culture. Yeah. So for that, my sir, I salute you. You know, not, 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 not even trying, bro. You're doing. Yeah, you I'm are, just, you know, yeah. you have to try to do. You understand? Yeah, no, me? no, absolutely. But it's like, you know, you check, bro, that new trade program, doing that with the foster that's kids, true. bro. That's, that's, that's crazy, bro. So you've impacted somebody in it. Somebody's that's life has changed. Yeah, so you're doing, bro, and like that's why we want to you on the show, bro. Yeah. We want to give you your flowers, bro, because this is about celebrating you, yeah. celebrating brothers, sisters, anybody that's doing amazing things to move things forward, yeah. bro. This is what it's about. Because normally our stories wouldn't be told, bro. You'll go to Ad A, you'll go to Ad Week, exactly. it ain't gonna be this type of conversation. Nah, you know what I mean? Nah. It ain't gonna be this type of real nah, talk nah, about bro. our community, bro. Yeah. Yes, and we need to own it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, it, the it. funny shit about it is, and we always talk about this, you know. Salim, look, you were fr- you're from Queens, but you were raised in Albany. Me and Jared raised in the Bronx. We talked to people raised in other places. But guess what? The story is so fucking similar. Guess how we can all go through the almost the same exact fucking things and geographically be hundreds or thousands of miles away from each other. That tells you what the climate of this fucking world is in right now. How did you go through the same thing that Jared went through? The same thing that my little brother went right. through? The same thing that I bet you right. a million other people went through about how you look versus how you perform? Then what the fuck am I going yeah. to school for? See, you right. see what I'm saying? Like, this right. is my beating. Then what the fuck did I waste four years or five years of my life and $100,000 for if the only thing you worry about is... I the beard. <laughs> yeah. Right. All I need to do is come in here with some motherfucking penny loafers on and, and it's fast. Fast. <laughs> you did it a long time ago, right? Like you got for three hundred thousand, I came in in the mullet. <laughs> you motherfucker! Listen, you shitting me? You talking economics? I could have went to Portobello and got three suits for the price of one, nigga. The Steve, the Steve Harvey's. Steve Harvey's. <laughs> yeah, I still got six baggy ass. The shiny yeah, suit man. That's crazy. What are we actually talking about here? Okay, Salim. So we we've talked business and we've talked, you know, we've talked like you know, seriousness. Let's loosen this up a little bit. What does Salim like to do when he's trying to relax? You know, what do you like to do to enjoy the fruits of your labors? Because you've been working hard, brother, and you've been doing a lot of positive things, but I need to know that you are actually taking the time to enjoy your family and enjoy what you put on the table. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, so you said enjoy my family. So I definitely, I love spending time, you know, my kids, my son plays flag football, play basketball, you know, you know, I'm out with my daughter, et cetera. Um, I also have been a DJ since 2003. So I, I DJ, no. I sent the records up here, you know, like I DJ since 2003. And uh, so I still, you know, I still, I had a gig this weekend. Matter of fact, you know, I was doing it as a party, 40 old birthday party. We turned up good time, you know. Okay. So I, I, I DJ, you know, like that's my, that's my release. You know what I mean? That's my like, like, you know, that's my release. That's me just, I get in my zone and that's just, you know, that's it. You know, so outside of that, man, travel, sports, man, whatever. 
that. I ain't gonna lie. I know, you know, real talk. Like if you see me <laughs> on the DJ, <laughs> you might not know that I'd be on. I'd be sitting yeah, on yeah, the stage. It's it's straightforward. It's just DJ Lean, yo, L E E M, DJ Lean. Okay, DJ Lean. It's a pretty straightforward name. You might have to remarket that because you know the youngest thing lean is. <laughs> no, not lean, not lean, not lean. Like I feel oh. lean with an M. Lean. Like Salim. Lean. Oh, yeah, that's my nickname, Lean. Yeah. Nick said lean. First of all, not on this platform. We're gonna promote that. I just said lean. Yeah. I said the youngest thing about that lean. You might just get another side of him over there, huh? Let's talk right. about that side. <laughs> that's what's up. I would. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. I never, I seen the, the, you know, the records and stuff behind. I, I never would have got DJ though. Yeah, I, 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 I would have thought you made a beat. I right. definitely thought you produced. Oh, word, you, so? word. Nah. You, get, you get producer vibes. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, it gives it gives me it gives me more like I ain't like classical and shit. I thought he was gonna hit me with some shit like you know I actually like the opera. I play the violin or something. I'm well versed, brother. I'm well rounded. You know what I mean? You didn't get hit one one all day, brother. The well rounded was crazy. That was light skin. That was a light skin. That was a lightweight. It was a light one. You know, it it's the tone. It's the tone. The way it's the tone. The way you said it. It's the tone, Jared. It's definitely the tone. It was the definitely the rather well-rounded. Pause. 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 He paused. Yeah. I said pause, nigga. So I gave it. Yeah. But you repeated it. You repeated it. You repeated it. And you know, you know, I would be honest with you. When you repeated it, I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy, man? Get him out." So, okay, Salim. So, another question that we like to ask a lot of our yeah. guests, right? How old are you right now? Let me ask you a question. How old are you? 42. Okay, you're 42 years old. I'm 44, so I'm a little bit older than you, right? <clears throat> How long have you been working? When did you start working? So this is a two-part question. We've never kind of done this, but I want to do so. I want to show you. Yeah. When did you start working? So, so I started working as a, um, I was a soccer referee at 14. There it and is. And I worked in a grocery store at 15. Perfect. I want to use 14 because that's the legal age of when most of us started working legally. Some of you program 14. You yeah. are 42 yeah. from 14. You've been working 28 years of Word. your life. Oh, that God, is yeah. fucking insane. 28 years, right? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> You've been working 28 years of your life, yeah. and clearly you're not ready to retire yet, right? So now I'm going to ask you, right? When does Salim say enough is enough? I'm content where I'm at. And you actually stop and say, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. Like, what's the, we would say, well, what's the mountaintop for you, yeah. right? It's a good question yeah. because for me, when I'm, I'm not really working for the money right now. Obviously, don't get me wrong, right? Like, I need the money. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, it's not like it's, you know, I'm not doing it for free. Um, but at the same time, my passion to see make an mm -hmm. impact on the community is what drives me. And so for me, I don't necessarily need to keep going up and up and up. And now, like, now 100 million and now 500. Now let's be a billionaire, right? Like, I don't necessarily need that. I want to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And as long as I'm financially comfortable and can, can handle what I can, I'd like to be able to create where I don't necessarily have to be there all the time. And that's where the impact, because I'm not going to be here forever. And so if my impact yeah. stops when I'm no longer here, 
then I, I don't think I was as successful as I'd like to be. And so I try to build it so that I get to a place where my impact can continue when I'm not here. And I, hopefully it can continue and when I'm not there, but I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? I'm still alive, but I might not have to be in everything. And so that's mm-hmm. where I look at, you know, can I do for another 10, 15, 20 years where I'm like building this thing, but I'm going to enjoy it on a journey. Like I've been enjoying the journey now because that's one thing I've realized is like, I'm not going to do this and then enjoy it later. Like I am enjoying it right now. <laughs> right, Every I part of it, I enjoy it right now. You know? Message. I too. Yeah. Because one thing, one thing that I tell everybody is, and these are just my opinions and my opinions on, but I think that one of the most ignorant things that a human being can do is take time for granted. One of the most ignorant things that a human being can do is take time for granted. Mm-hmm. We all have a zero hour. We do yes. not know when it is. Absolutely. And I told the story a couple episodes ago of a guy that worked for me in construction. This guy worked and busted his fucking ass like 25 fucking years, 30 years. And a week before, a week before he was set to retire, he pulled out most of his money. His wife got like 800000 mm-hmm. fucking dollars. He pulled out all his money. He was building houses in his, you know, because he's an islander. So he was sending his money, building yep. a house and dropped fucking dead. Sounds great. Dropped dead. And there's so many people that go to work every, every day. Jared's mom as an assistant principal, she came up in the board of ed. You know how many teachers never take fucking days off? And when they do, it's like you got to fight them to take. They got a broken leg, broken yeah, yeah, the fucking yeah. the flu, and they still want to go to work. Yeah. yeah. Program to work until we die. Like worker right. bees. Not programmed to work. We are not programmed to work to live. We are programmed to live, live to, to work. Message. That's real. That was yeah. real. That was a real ball. Enjoy this shit. Let me tell you something. The, one of the biggest blessings that you have, Salim, is the fact that you have legacy, bro. And I mean this yeah. shit. I have two boys. I got four daughters that are not biologically mine, but they're my daughters. But I have two biological mm-hmm. just like Jared does. Mine's mm-hmm. a little older. It is nothing better than spending time with family. Me and Jared are actually family. We are always together. We together at award shows. We together at fucking regular ass barbecues. You understand? We together at fucking regular spades game. We together at Salsi. Y'all be seeing us. One Thursdays, nigga. You know what I mean for Thursday, Thursdays. Y'all lucky this party today. Been tearing that shit down. And when Jerry gets busy, nigga, them shoulders start popping, them legs start moving. It's just like a But this is what I'm talking about. Like we don't use major excuses to be around each other to hang out. Right. Right. We enjoy being around each other through the good and the fucking bad. There's a lot of times we're around each other and it's a bad fucking day and we're arguing and we're fucking yelling at each other. That's so sure. we're still around each other. So I think, you know, I try to express this to people. One of the most best things that you can do is just enjoy your life. You don't got to, you know, go crazy, but day to day, man, be around the people that you fucking love and let them know that you love them and you appreciate them and just enjoy being alive, man, because you see the way this world is moving right now. It's nasty fucking work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do not know know accidents, you know, shit, life be life. And you do not know day and fucking going tomorrow, bro. I got a fucking repass. I got to go to on Saturday. Just found out another Mm. person passed away. Young, 40. 40 You know what I mean? Crazy, bro. So, you know, 
That, you know, I just commend you on that. You know what I'm saying? Like your journey, bro. Just yeah, everything you've been right. through, man. You, you, you've, you, you've climbed the corporate ladder, bro. It's really what I take away from it is the mindset, bro. I appreciate the mindset that you had early going into corporate, how you tackled that, how you had a, a mission, right? Like you knew what you wanted, bro. I kind of just got forced out the industry and we did our own thing, but it yeah. happens on different ways and different phases for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, bro? Me too. I told you, but I never wanted to be a fucking construction worker. I didn't grow. I didn't fucking grow up like oh, I'm gonna be a construction worker. It was it was opportunity. Somebody was like, "Yo, you want to be an apprentice?" This yeah. how much they make. I'm like, "Nigga, how much?" Oh shit, nigga. My godfather I make that you. a lot more, nigga. I right. take it. Let's do something yep. for that. Twenty-two years later, you understand what I'm saying? At the top, bro. But like, you know what I mean? From building a business, the mission, bro. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing, bro. Real talk, man. Because like, if there's anything yeah, that definitely. we can help you with, bro, like I said, I'm definitely gonna put you on to my man Nesta, bro. He's, we have to. We're gonna put him together. That's, that's guaranteed. Yeah, that, that's yeah. night. We're gonna, we're gonna set the group chat up, bro. But like, let us know if you need anything, bro. You know you got a brother in us, bro. Yes. Let us know when you're in the city. You come down. Let's go chop it up. Let's break bread. Yeah, let's definitely. figure out how we definitely. can incorporate this. How can we? You know, even if you need us to pull up on a new trade, how do you do the podcasting? Yeah. We can show the kids how to do this. You know, that's something that we we actively yes. interested in. What is the business of podcasting? Yeah, how do you make money on Yo. it? You know, what I'm saying all those things. Like we could be talking Definitely. about this, so just let us know, bro. And we we'll, yeah. we'll be willing to come to Albany, just not in the wintertime. I'm in White Plains right now, so it's all good. I'm in White Plains now, so we're good. I'm right up the block. Yeah, I'm right up the block. But nah, real talk, man. Like, I do, I do want to say, yo, like, I, I really, really appreciate one, the conversation, and two, what y'all are doing. As I mentioned, you know, I've seen. Jared, I've seen what you've been doing since we connected. Well, it was a year, maybe a little more than a year ago. And it's like, yeah. it's been watching, man. It's like the thing I love about you. And then, you know, we meet you today, Shadow. It was just the 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 support y'all have for the community, the focus that y'all have. You know what I'm saying? And the transparency, the realness. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about no fake stuff. I ain't, you know, sugarcoating. we just talking real life. And, and I can imagine the impact that that's having on somebody right now. We don't know what's impacted. They just hearing a couple things that might change their whole perspective on like, Oh, I could do this different. Oh, I should take this job or I should start the business. And it's cause of what y'all doing and y'all, y'all are a great representative for a lot of others, man. I really appreciate what y'all doing. Appreciate that. We have we'll to, talk. Just, you know, we have to, because yes. we just talked about the news outlets and the other shit. We don't own that. Yes. We own that. Yes. Facts. We own, I, we facts. own this. We own this. <laughs> Absolutely. So, once we own some shit, we gotta be held responsible. So if I'm gonna hold somebody else responsible, hold me responsible. I I, I want you to hold me responsible. Yep. Hold Jared yep. responsible. This is why we do this because we own this and we ain't gotta ask permission. And we can have whoever the yep. fuck we want to have on here. And we can talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about on here. However, yep. fuck we want to talk about it. And if you want to own more than a title, you can get your shirts at OTP Digital. You can get your motherfucking hats. You can get your cups, your mugs. <laughs> you feel me? Everything's out there. You know what I mean? If you're going to segue, he's out, love y'all. He's, he's out of control. He's out of control. Salim, let, let, let the people man, know where they can find you. Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, listen. Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. Salim Holder on LinkedIn. Or check out the new trade programs on LinkedIn as well. You can find us on Instagram. Do you know Lean on Instagram? Listen, we out here. We just try to do the work of the community. So I, pre I appreciate y'all. Real talk. Yeah, Much love, bro. We gotta give you air on on that, bro. We gotta give you air on, man. Cause this this is one of the ones, man. This is yeah, one of the episodes. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, like I said, I, I love it, man. And and we say that, you know, again, we, you know, we, 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 we just talking, man. Celine, you know, 
there there are gonna be people that watch this episode that you will probably never meet that you will inspire absolutely will listen to the way you speak look at how you look look at how you clearly carry yourself articulate yourself it shows man it shows and you will inspire somebody that might be on the path of you know what i'm saying and they're like yo if he could do it i could do it man so we have to do this you know me and jared have made a promise to, to ourselves and our community that we will champion help champion this fight to move it forward yes. so like yes got a brother man we're definitely this is our you know first conversation like this but it will not be our last you not understand at all. Not at all. i'm telling you because right we have too many connections that we can plug in with you and we're going to do a lot of things together man and i look i just look yeah. forward for us you know to us working together man because um it, the more of us that come together to form voltron man the the, the quicker and the better we're going to change this fucking culture man that's a fact and that's well, a big we are yeah, man. <clears throat> Making the changes. I appreciate y'all once yeah. again. You know, real yeah. talk. Yeah, no, man. Make sure y'all tap in. Make sure y'all go to Fourth Ave Market. Make sure y'all buy some right. black-owned product. Make sure y'all support. Tap into my boy Lean. Make sure y'all support the new trade oh. program. And we gonna see y'all on Thursday, y'all. Look, 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 I support black-owned. Look, look, look. I'm, I, look, I ain't never a hypocrite. Look, What's good? I used to use these. Ah, yeah, we got the sponge. <laughs> what that say? What that say for the culture, right? I, I still went and bought that motherfucking tennis racket jump off. You feel me? Yeah, you know gotcha. I, I still went and bought that because guess what? The guy that owns this is is black owned. Facts. Say for the culture. That's it, man. Wax, you know what else is black owned? More than a title and OTB digital. <laughs> <laughs> That's black owned. Yeah, on that note, <laughs> I love y'all. Yeah, man. Yeah, one